Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first ever episode of the Three Pointer Podcast. I'm Brent Clemmer, your host, and with me are my co-hosts, Luke Erickson and Brennan Beck. Beck, can we get a quick introduction? Yeah, sure. So uh, myself, uh, Brennan Beck, also known as Beck on this show, uh, fell in love at the with basketball at the tender age of 12 or grade 7. Unfortunately, my body decided to peak in high school, at least basketball-wise, and uh, the three-point shot didn't carry me to a Division One scholarship or anything like that. So uh, I've always had a love for the game of basketball, and yeah. Fair enough. Well said. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my name is Luke, uh, Luke Erickson. I, uh, I never really played much outside the mean streets of uh, suburban Ontario, but I fell in love with basketball because of uh, number 24, Kobe Bryant. I've been a fan of him since I was about 11 years old, and uh, I won't talk about it too much because people have overdone the crap out of that, but that's why I love yeah. basketball, and I've been an avid fan for, I don't know, I think that's nine years now, and I'm going to show my opinions whether you like it or not. What, you don't want to talk about your YMCA heroics? Or SLC oh, well, I'm sure I'm sure we'll get there eventually, but I don't want to give them everything right off the jump. All right, well, there's some good content there, I'm going to be, so. be like Giannis. I'm going to gonna, 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 gonna chill for, for, for four years, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skyrocket. All right, can't wait to see it. All righty, guys. Um, first of all, the first topic that we're going to get into today is going to be how we think the season played out so far with all the COVID restrictions and everything like that, and how has it been affected? Well, all right. I, well, I think right off the jump, you see all the injuries we're having this season. It's it's absolutely fucked up. Like, like literally, I think half of the half of the league's players, half of the league's starting players right now are injured, and that's because of, I think that's because of our condensed schedule. I think it's so just ridiculous. Saying half of the league may be a little bit of a no half of the league half of the league starting players. Sorry, is what I meant to say. So I actually pulled up a, uh, a stat on this. Just uh, I was a little interested about the injuries specifically. And so far this year, obviously considering we're in a condensed schedule, and safe to say probably three quarters the way through the season at this yeah, point. Probably right uh, the NBA injury report has pulled listed over approximately, well, actually has listed 377 injuries to this point. Guess how many we had last year? All of last season. 115. No, it was actually relatively close, but when you consider it, it was just under 350. It came in at about 348. But that's that was for the whole schedule. And that this, yeah, this is literally like a condensed fucking season. That's yes. So when you take it as it is, right, and that we're only three quarters of the way through, we're seeing more uh, four games and five nights kind of thing, more back to backs. Uh, traveling is obviously uh, increased in terms of duration uh the time is uh, much more condensed so obviously the workload is just really piling up for these guys and the injury reports really showing it yeah absolutely and um forever for the listeners out there beck's gonna be kind of our stats guy if you haven't figured that out already yeah the so, minute we told him about this he's been researching stats and writing them down and getting everything hey, ready so. all you all you fantasy savants out there uh, i got a nice little report cooked up for this week but uh don't come at me if you don't do so well because, uh, all you fancy, fa- fantasy savants dude look it up is it not savant is that not the word you're looking Sorry. for there bud that probably is, but anyways, for <laughs> oh, those of you Christ who are almighty. for those of you who are into the fantasy, we've got I've I've cooked up a little fantasy report that I hope is beneficial to you. But then again, it is uh, 
we can never really, as we know about the season, we can never really predict what's going to happen day in and day out. So uh, I'll give you what I got, and we'll uh, we'll go from there, right? Sounds good, Beck. That's why you're the stats guy. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, okay, so we're going to do an injury report weekly, and I think Beck has some of the injuries there too. I'm sure, yeah, that, I'm sure that they'll keep freaking changing as they go. But yeah, that's yeah. why I probably need one every week. Yeah, we're just kind of even. Uh, even yesterday, some of you may know about uh, the Donovan Mitchell injury, and just got a, a late a late report on that from uh, from Woj, another Woj bomb about that. So we'll cover that and uh, some other notable injuries uh, throughout near the end of the show. So uh, so yeah, good stuff. I have a question for you guys. I'm interested to know what which what uh, what player going down do you think has affected a team the most this year? LeBron. But I don't know. Like, is that really affecting the Lakers? Like, they're still going to make the playoffs. And the minute LeBron but, and AD come back, they're, they're still, still not. They're still not. Well, I think the most injury affected team is definitely the Lakers. No, no. What injury affected a team the most? Because the Lakers are still going to make playoffs. Like, realistically, like, yeah. Eight, well, like, yeah, eight. but if if they didn't have LeBron and AD from the start of the season, they wouldn't have made the playoffs. I no, but that's not the situation we're in right now, though. No, I know that's that's not my point. My point is that. LeBron and AD going down. These these guys are losing games that they sh- probably shouldn't as a team. For sure. It, it's like, important to note, though, too, uh, if you've looked at their record recently, they're actually playing 500 ball, though, both of them, which really goes been, to show. They've been beating good teams. Like, yeah. Honestly, it they, goes beat, they beat show. the Nets. They beat, literally beat the Nets without, and they were only missing James Harden. All right. Like, but it's also important to note too, like remember LeBron's first season, I think it was, was it 2018, 19 with the Lakers yeah. uh, when they had Lonzo in that, like that supporting cast when LeBron went down with his groin injury after Christmas, literally remember tanked, right? Oh, so, they were terrible. I think they were like won four games or something. And I think he missed like 20 games and that, that really awful. just, yeah, just derailed their season. They went from top four to like bottom four, almost lottery mm-hmm. contender. They ended up with the number four pick that year, which obviously got traded. But it just goes to note, well like worth the, the uh, trade, brother. Well worth the trade. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. They, I can't argue with that. I think. I think it was mutually beneficial for both sides, honestly, in the direction. Yeah. Honestly, I really enjoy yeah. watching the Pelicans play ball. So, like, it was. A, it was a yeah. good trade on both ends. They. They aren't a bad team. Not even a little bit. I love Brandon Ingram. I was sad to see Brandon yeah. Ingram go. And uh, Zion, like Zion's, really, he's ready to yeah. take the leap. I'd be. Uh, I think for me, and this is just global, but MVP watch next year. I think Zion could next be that, that third guy. Yeah, yeah. That, that could be a little early. I could see it, but like I could that also. I could He's, see the next like the so, next five years for sure. I could definitely see him. Like obviously, being up for one. you yeah. know, with less like less of an injury history now, without the meniscus injury last year, he's upped his minutes per game. Understanding, oh, yeah. he's taking more of a focal point. Like he's getting the ball at the top of the key, right? Which is perfect for him because defending him in space is you know. Really hard to do. No, and, I, uh, I would not want to get in a one v one with that guy. Oh would, no, no. That's he's so, literally like he's he like personifies mod the modern NBA. He's a big guy, but he can also like shoot and pass and like see the floor. Yeah. It's insane. So, so, well, so he's a point this. forward. Mm-hmm. Get, get this. We uh, we obviously uh, take our passion for fantasy, but we have a fantasy league amongst uh, amongst like us three. and other people yeah we've got a few fantasy leagues going and uh i was fortunate enough to trade for zion at the beginning of the year and clem and i obviously have had a brent uh, have had numerous trade discussions surrounding our players and our teams and the one thing i've really taken from that is 
Brent does not like Zion. I don't dislike him. I just don't want no. him on my team because he's young. No, no, no. This is I'll I'll uh I, would I will quote you. Right I will quote you word for word on why you don't like Zion because I was trying to get a gauge on this, and you said, and I quote, I don't oh. like Zion because he doesn't Tread ex- carefully. He doesn't exemplify the kind of physical specimen I would associate with a dominant basketball player. And I think <laughs> saying he's not built like oh, a regular God. dominant basketball player. He doesn't look like a basketball yeah, player. Well, like because he's what six six two seventy five and moves. He looks like, like he should G. be in the NBA or not in the NFL. He does yeah. kind of look like a tall running back. I will give you yeah. that. But to say that he's not built like a basketball player, if is kind I of could line ten NBA players up next to him and say one's not an NBA player, and anyone that doesn't know basketball will pick Zion. Yeah, because you could line up all the yeah. shooting guards and point guards in the league, and they'd obviously <laughs> be like, "Oh, well, none of them play football." I mean, like well, peak Dwight Howard would have been like. A star lineman, or his like shoulders weren't quite. Allen Iverson was like supposed to live like an all star football player in high school. Like, he could have been in the slot in the NFL. Well, yeah. a, a lot of an Edelman. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, it depends on the players. But is there really anyone comparable to Zion, other like in terms of physical stature and the way he plays, other than say Giannis? Prime LeBron. LeBron. Yeah. I'd say LeBron still, yeah. Well, yeah, still, but like he's not as yeah. athletic. As yeah, he obviously, but like, right, I, was, I would still say yeah, because LeBron plays the same like, way Zion does, but LeBron's bigger. Yeah, I was thinking more modern day, like current, current comparisons, right? Because you can't compare Embiid and the way he plays. Obviously, he's a post force. Uh, you know, LeBron's obviously more of a perimeter oriented player now. Not, not, not getting to the rim as much as he used to. So really, that's I why I say, say perimeter oriented. No, like, well, maybe not. Uh, maybe I mean, not throwing down windmill dunks and stuff. All yeah, he, he's yeah. not like postering people like three times a night like he used to. But like he still goes to the rack a fair bit. Yeah, and when he does, watch out. Just ask exactly. Yusef Nurkic. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Zion is definitely a different breed when it comes. He's, to He's the future of the league. Like he's no, he is. Him and Luca are the future of the league. But when if, if we're gonna bring up the fantasy point that I that I don't want him on my team, what what would it take for you to give me Zion? Oh well, we're not getting into. Hey, we're not getting into fantasy trades on here with. Uh, no, I'm I'm, I'm just saying. You. So like, it's not that I don't want him. It's just it's I'm not paying. Take not as much as you'd like. You're not paying my king's ransom to get one of the most efficient players in the league. No, not when I have James Harden and Embiid. It's a fair point. Right. Clem's team yeah. is pretty stacked for those of you who don't aren't in our fantasy league and don't know. There were some uh, questionable Yeah, there were a lot of it. questionable things. That was now he somehow yeah. has like Kawhi MB like Yeah. If he wasn't Paul the commissioner, George, we'd, like I don't even know who he has now. He's got if, like half of the start half of like the starters yeah. and playoff teams. If, it's, uh, it's, if, it's ridiculous. If he wasn't the commissioner, I'd be having the commission yeah. investigate the ethics of these trades, but yeah, obviously you know the oh, one man okay. h the one man hr department or league uh, league department is unfortunately heavily biased towards his team so what can you do right anyway we're not getting into freaking fantasy league politics right now no not, no <laughs> let's avoid did that watch any, did you guys watch any of the games last night no i didn't get to actually uh, too much time i watched i did watch one of my uh, I don't want to get in fancy, but I watched Donovan Mitchell go down. So uh, obviously with playoffs, I didn't even realize he got injured. What happened to him? 
So we'll talk about a little bit, a little bit about that later. But uh, sprained ankle, so it's oh, uh, yeah. So we'll figure out. Uh, we'll f- talk more about that later. But something I really, I do want to talk about going back to that sort of uh, the takes on the season is. Uh, do you think the play-in tournament really would have existed had it not been for like the fans, the lack of fans in the stands? No. no. Like, but that's like the only reason there's not fans in the stands is because of COVID. So, like, without COVID, you don't have a play-in tournament, obviously. But like, yeah, well, exactly. But like, it's it's all it's all the NBA trying to make money or trying to save money, rather. It, it's all a business that has nothing to do with because they don't because they don't make any money having games in stadiums with no with no fans. Yeah. So they're well, just going to condense it so they don't have to pay for all those freaking, you know, to pay for all that. It's probably a TV contracts thing too. Like, yeah, uh, it definitely they're obviously cutting into the, it's going to obviously, hopefully their intention is to boost the ratings. And if you remember, I must've been a few, two years ago, almost is when Jimmy was playing on the wolves and the nuggets and uh, T wolves were playing for the eight seed in the West. And that game was probably one of, one of the higher viewerships the NBA has garnered. In, well, yeah, in, in a while. Besides the finals, right for that regular season, for for um a regular season game, yes, or a play-in game, like that. That's what it, that's where it kind of comes to be different is that obviously the teams that are not necessarily contenders that are fighting for a playoff spot that is their finals. They're 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 playing to get into. Yeah. to even have a chance they, they want to be in playoffs everybody wants a chance in playoffs and mm-hmm. that's why it's so competitive when it comes down to the end of the season and the play-in tournament for say because a lot of people say like all you got to do is get there all you got to do is get to the playoffs and then exactly anything can, and then anything can happen but like even a four even a seven game series so like really the better team prevails so so much off most of the time so yeah often. but like you never know like i mean besides it's like anything though it's there's really always underdogs know. that win. Yeah. It's not like the better team wins every game. I'd have to look there's up upsets. on the, the style of the play in tournament. I'm not sure if it's like a one game play in, like one game, or if I it's think they're best of three. three. I think, yeah, I think three. they are definitely best yeah. of three. So obviously, things can happen. And you know, obviously, there are some renowned team, there's some renowned chokers in the league right now in terms of teams. And uh, what is it though? Is it the seven, eight, or seven play ten, eight play it's nine? It's eight. I want, yeah, yeah, that sounds about so, right. Seven, so, seven, ten, eight, nine. Those teams are all relatively close to begin with. It's not like there's really a heavy underdog in those games. I wouldn't say so, especially in a place like the West, right? Like, honestly, you look at the West, and I would argue there's probably what 11, 12 teams that you could legitimately call playoff teams if it weren't for the fact that that conference is so deep. Yeah, sure, but I'm saying the, the seven through tens are that that would be the Mavs, the Grizzlies, the Warriors, and the Spurs. Are the are the Spurs in there? Are they in the bottom spot? They're, they're the I tenth, think so. Yeah. The Pelicans are, I think, one win behind them. Would you say seven, eight, nine, and ten? Yeah, seven, yeah. Eight, and seven, play ten. Oh my god! And then the East right now that'd be the Heat, the Hornets, the Pacers, and the Raptors. That's uh. The Hornets, I the Hornets I without the Horden, the Hornets without Gordon Hayward or Lon, or um yeah. not Lonzo, sorry, Lamelo aren't going to do anything though. No, no they're, they're, they're not going to. They're, they're not, not going to stay, stay in there. there. They're not going to. They stay uh, there. yeah, the they've lost four in a row. They're crashing back to earth. Yeah, I, I think the, the Bulls or the Wizards will get up in there probably. Yeah, probably yeah. the the Bulls definitely could now with the addition of Vucevic. Yeah, no, the Bulls have a pretty yeah. solid squad. They could definitely sneak in there. 
But Zach Levine, Zach Levine will mention this too, is also just entered COVID protocol. So you have to think about that in the stretch run as well. This keeps m messing me up for fantasy, man. It pisses me off. It depends how long it is. He's an automatic well, 10 days because it gets going. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but 10 days is nothing. It's like five games max. Yeah, but think about the like schedule. Like, that's a whole week. That's like a whole yeah. game fantasy-wise. Who's fantasy-wise? Mm -hmm. It's uh, It'll be interesting. Like, uh, Obviously, the with the Hornets crashing back down to earth, the the Knicks and Celtics streaking, it's it's really interesting if like – the Heat can hold on to that seven spot. They've been yeah. they've been a real disappointment this year. Yeah, they have, but they have a really good squad. They do, but like they haven't really been showing up much this season. Like they're not a bad team. They're still in the playoffs. No. Spot, but like, they're so they have, it's they're actually, not they're not a team that looks like they went to the finals last year. Well, exactly. So the layout of the playout tournament is actually seven versus eight, and then nine <laughs> versus ten, and the winners play. Oh. And the winners play. Oh, for like the seven eight seed. Yeah. That yeah. would make yeah, no, to that decide which team gets the higher seed. That makes, that sense. makes sense. Yeah, they, one they from both the East, yeah, one from yeah, the West. They both make it in. It's just mm -hmm. one's gonna be the seven, one's gonna be the eight. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. One, I, from the, uh, one from the east, one from the west. Mm-hmm. No, Dude. two. The playing tournament will have two teams from each get in. Does anyone hear about then what why would the winners play? To, to determine seeding? Yeah, which one of them gets a seven, which one of them gets eight. Yeah. Uh, what makes what makes no sense to me though is why like seven wouldn't play ten and eight wouldn't play nine. Like that's what play, I would have. Yeah. That's how I would have thought. I would have thought so too, but because it's standings, right? They guess they play each other for seeding technically. So yeah. like I guess it doesn't. Yeah, but you play all season to like earn your spot, yeah. and you think finishing seventh in a play-in tournament would have its perk of playing like what? The league is determined as the tenth best team based on record, right, and win percentage. And then now they're going to go up against what's probably a better team, or at least marginally in the eighth spot. The plan tournament is a the plan tournament is a joke. Did yeah, no, I don't like it. But it's a it's it's a joke. It, if they but, didn't have if they didn't have COVID to hide behind, like it's it's yeah. a joke. If if those That's teams right. are so if you're if you're say you make it past the first round of the plan tournament, are you even gonna? bother trying to get the seating or would you rather just play your bench and it would depend how it would look like because if you're in the east you gotta think that you're playing that's just 76ers yeah but the west you look at the west though like you don't want to get the lakers the nuggets or the clippers but then again you don't want to get the freaking jazz or even the trailblazers like or the sun, I think, or the suns or the suns even like you don't like want that, to get that's any what of i'm saying teams, though like, so like why why play hard in those games when you're going to be playing against one of them anyways for the chance to play against like the Mavs or no there isn't no yeah there isn't yeah you're right yeah no you're actually kind of right about that you're only playing against the Jazz or the Suns yeah. as of right now I'm wondering how that'll go there's got to be once we see how it actually is going to even out there's going to be a team that's going to want to be in a better position or something they're not going to not try it's so, like they're going to get out there and not try I, I, I'm not saying they will I'm just saying it might be a look that you might get from a team do they play a three game series the winners like for seeding or is it just one game I, I would guess probably it's one just game. one game I would hope point. it was just one game they wouldn't play a whole series just for seeding well it, yeah. if they do then I definitely see them kind of dogging it a little bit because oh yeah probably because you, so, you don't want to spend a, like half a playoff series. You don't want to get your players injured just to go actually go into the real playoffs. No, exactly. Especially when, especially in the West, like most of the teams in the West are good. Like the one well, thing yeah, you have to one consider too. One through one. six right now is literally the Jazz, the Suns, the Clippers, the Nuggets, the Lakers, and the Blazers. 
Yeah. I don't want to play any of them. Me neither. The Blazers. Yeah, I would want to play the Blazers or the Suns in that in those six. Yeah. I don't. I think kind of to pitch in on what you guys were just sort of talking about here. I was looking through the standings, and obviously, Luke, I I'm sorry. I know you're a renowned Lakers fan, but I don't think your Lakers are going to make a big enough climb to really get out of that five seed. They're probably locked into that four or five matchup. And if the Jazz finish one, like, would if you're a Lakers fan, are you really concerned about that? Like, one, two. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about the Suns, especially since that kind of, I we I'm, know what they did in the bubble. To be honest, I'm not concerned about. The, if I had to pick a team to be concerned about, it would it would be the Nuggets because I'm yeah. I'm not With like Jamal the Jazz. Man? The Jazz. The Jazz have Jazz or have Rudy. And like he's good, he's he's t- he's a tough matchup for anybody on our team. But then again, like like if Donovan's out now, he's a big part of their game. Like I just think the Lakers have a better team overall than most of the most of the, and then all the teams to be honest. I, like, I I think they have. I definitely think so. But this is going to be the hardest Western Conference to get out of in a while. Yeah, but like they're all good teams. I, I you, think I think have to they, go against three solid teams. Yeah, but then again, as long as we don't have to play in the playing tournament, I'm okay with it. Because yeah. if the Jazz and the I'm Suns stay, if the Jazz and the Suns stay number one, I thoroughly believe that a Lakers fully healthy Lakers team could beat either of those teams in seven games. I, I think so Suns. too. Especially the Suns. But I, I I don't think it's easy enough to count them out. No, things can happen, but like I'm not going to say I think that they're going to be out. I'm biased, but like, and it depends. You could say the same thing about any of those teams. Like I could see any of these teams losing. Like that's I, yeah, like, I can see any of them winning. That's the thing. I think, uh, I think the, as deep as the West is, I feel like there's some real questions at the top. You know what I mean? Uh, obviously, you look at the Blazers and you say, well, I mean, the farthest you got was the conference finals. The Mavericks, I think, are still a legit piece away, as are yeah. the, the Grizzlies have been surprising, giving Jaron Jackson Jr.'s injury. And obviously, Desmond Bain – Xavier Tillman stepping up, but I look. Or did at, you say I, the Mavs are missing? I said that I I think the Mavs still need to go out and get. I think so, but I think their piece is going to turn out to be a development piece rather than they have to. Their bench isn't very strong up. either. Yeah, no, I, I guess, think, but I think Pat, like Dwight Powell and Maxi Kleva, as great as they serve their purposes for the Mavs, just have just kind of run their course on. Yeah, they're they are what they're going to be. Right. They don't. Yeah. They. They don't. Ever. You. 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 What you see is what you get with the Mavs. Yeah. I'm a little surprised they weren't in harder and Andre Drummond. To be totally honest with you. Because I don't think. <coughs> I don't think they want a big man. Like I really. Yeah. I think they're. I think they're like that. Cuban sold on Porzingis. I think they want another offensive threat to go with Luca. He really should be playing center, but you just. I don't. I don't. See I agree. It. I agree. It, I think honestly. As great as he was coming in as the number four overall pick, like centers his ideal position at this point, just considering his the injuries he sustained and getting the eye test. But I agree. Yeah. And I think he's young still. I think give him another couple years and they'll probably slide him over to center. Yeah. Especially if yeah. they pick up an offensive like power forward that can score. Yeah. He's what, 25, 26? Yeah. So they need like a Julius Randle. Not even. I think they need no. Like not good, even, but like they need like a Donovan Mitchell like type player. They need like a small forward that can do both type thing. I think. I think. Yeah, Luke's very well onto something, but I think a bigger two way player would be the ideal yeah. addition for them, like, right? 
Yeah, like, like a, a big, Walmart, a big, Kauai. a big, yeah, like a, oh, an, an ideal world, it would be Kawhi. Yeah, like a fuck. Hey, the ma- I think I don't know what the Mavs cap situation looks like, but Kawhi is the only one not to commit. And to be honest with you, if I were him, I wouldn't be totally sold in the Clippers. <laughs> Me fucking neither. <laughs> I think. I think you have a little bit of bias there, Luke. But I mean, even if I look at like their their roster this year to last, I still say last year's roster was better. Yeah, was, they uh, lost. They lost their sixth man of the year, and he came to my team. Like, yeah, exactly. Lou Williams didn't. You know, Lou Williams wasn't what he turned out to be. I think Rondo was a good pickup for the playoff experience. Yeah, he was. And Blake uh, Griffin's been. Oh, he's on the freaking Nets. Never he mind. plays for the Nets. I, I'm, I I'm just at, gonna make the point that. I think that the Clippers get a little bit too much hate just because of the last season. I, I, I don't I, hate them. I just don't think they're as good as everyone thinks they are. I, I, I don't think, think anyone thinks they're good, and everyone's still saying they're overrated. Because I think everybody's un- – now they're past the point where they've overrated them. They're now being underrated. They're, they're conference finals. like that. I think that's what the, the league yeah. is kind of looking at them as. and. Be honest with you, I think that stems from Paul George. I think Luke, you mentioned it. I think uh, as good as he was supposed to be, and as good as his resume say was, it just hasn't resonated into postseason success. You know? Yeah, I don't know. He's had good, like good, like not not terrible regular seasons, but the second he's got to the playoffs, it just hasn't worked for him. I don't know. But it's just been one year, right? Yeah, it's, it has only been one season. So it could have just yeah. been the bubble or it could have but been any of those variables. But it, I guess we'll it's like it was a normal season that we can like, yeah. count on. And it's right? not like the Clippers are a bad team. They're third in the no. West right now. Like they're not a bad team. They're just like, absolutely. They're not I think the, they're missing they're not, one piece. They're not the amazing team that was going to crush everyone like everyone thought they were. And I think that came a lot from like the finals hype that Kawhi got because he. Because yeah. that was an amazing playoff run he wow. obviously had. Never was beating off that hype, but like they signed him for finals Kawhi, right? And while exactly. he still put up the kind of numbers that you'd expect from him, it's just I, I just don't think you haven't kind of seen that. And honestly, the Clippers I don't think have given him the platform. At least the players haven't. You know, there's a lot of locker room beef yeah. last year, and there was and and there was coaching issues. Like they had to get rid of Doc, and it was yeah. It's uh, it'll be interesting to see what the, if the Clippers can kind of pull together because also I was going to mention about Paul George is, Clem, you just you said there wasn't really a season, but Paul George had that one MVP season where he finished third MVP voting and finished with twenty eight point two points per game in two thousand nineteen with the OKC Thunder, and what happened? First round loss to the Blazers. Remember yeah, that shot? Had he had Russell Westbrook, and honestly, their roster was kind of thin after that but really if you're considering so, so what, top end talent so what, what your argument is is that yeah i don't, I don't overrated stars on a team full oh time. no here we go so for the listeners out there beck seems to think that russell westbrook is the most overrated guy in the world i yeah i you just that's a lot of the, the word no the word the words the actual words that were used were Russell Westbrook is the most overrated point guard in NBA history. Whoa, that's and a lot of no, oh, that. Okay. That is what the that is what you said. That well, is what the words. There's were. a problem when words coming out of your mouth where oh, I think he's top ten all time like, point guard. Uh, he is top ten I, point I, guard. I, oh yeah, yeah, I will stand top by 10 that. Guard, sure, I will stand by that statement. What? What I heard was top ten player of all time, and frankly, nobody said he was top ten player of all time. Nobody and said frankly, he was. 
frankly, I think we're kind of diving into some really hot topics on the very first podcast <laughs> like, here. Like, I and think you know you're what? a little stressed out because you got thrown under the mic. You threw me under for Zion. This is where you're getting it. Yeah, that's fair enough. This is where I you're mean, definitely getting that's, it. That's fair. And I will stand by the fact that he is overrated, okay? Because when I consider when I consider the guys on my list of greatest players of all time, and we'll talk about that later. I'm sure we'll have a, a conversation about our list of 10 greatest That'll players be of all time. Episode. Absolutely. What I think the thing that resonates me with me the most in terms of uh, obviously Westbrook has the stats, in terms of my top 10 players, are just their ability to contribute to winning. And you look at a guy like Devin Booker uh, and early in his career, obviously situation is very different, but a lot of the talk around Devin Booker was, can he contribute to winning? You know, you look at someone like Zach Levine, who's putting up 26 points per game and you really, when you have you say no one yourself, on your team, it's really easy to put up 26. No, let, let him finish. I, I, want, I want him to finish his point. But my point, my point being is that there are guys in the league who are putting up great numbers, but aren't really contributing to meaning like to meaningful winning and when i say that i mean like you look at a guy like joel Embiid, who's putting up an mvp caliber season for a team that's first in the east and hopefully that carries into the playoff and that he's contributing to meaningful winning but if you look at a guy like zach levine say who's playing on a 22 and 33 team with the bulls and yes added some star talent and vucevic but lost their last five games and is putting up his best season, but they can't get over 500. Okay, but you you do have to remember, my argument to that would be you can't expect a team or one player to make a team. Zach Levine's having a great season, but he's not okay. playing on a good team. If Zach Levine could put those numbers up on, let's say, just the Lakers, the Nets. We're, we're, playing, in an era of, we're playing in an era of the NBA where even the best players like in the world still want to team up because that's how good players are today. Like the, the, okay. the era of like one guy impacting winning or losing hasn't been there since yeah. like, since the, since like the nineties bulls. And I'd like, say, so I don't, I, so I don't think that just because a player didn't oh. have as much winning, like, winning mentality or whatever as you think he should have doesn't mean he's an underrated player it's it's i, not I, even, I, I think it's a player a that, that has mentality. the most that has the most triple doubles in nba history second most. I, I don't i don't think yeah it is is it not second most Who, oh Who's will, first will, is it will will, will, will or oscar? no it's oscar robertson rob is oh, well, whatever yeah, he was second most triple doubles in the nba I, I don't think that, that's overrated. Okay. He deserves all of the accolades he's gotten. He deserved to be MVP. All his triple doubles are amazing. Don't get me wrong. He had an absolutely spectacular MVP season that will sit alone in the record books for a long time. My point being is that I can tell you that I think Chris Paul drives winning more than Russell Westbrook. Really? Why? Yeah. Look at the Suns. Look at what they've done. You can't say that in like one season. Like you can't just like be like this is the but I can tell you career. Okay, but I can tell you that Chris Paul's played with the Clippers, who were perennial playoff threats for ever since he got there. He went okay. and played in OKC. He went and played in OKC for a team that was supposed to be a dumpster fire and they finished fifth in the West. Yeah, that was good. But I'll yeah. tell you, Giannis is leading a perennial contender in Milwaukee. But you don't want but you don't want to talk about Houston. But you don't want what, to talk do you want to talk about James Hart like what do you want to talk about Houston? Like James Harden? Like that's a, that's when like did they were they good in Houston? Him and Chris my, Paul. My problem with Chris Paul sure. is every time he has a good player on his team, they don't I, do they it. were within one game of the fine. They were within one game of the finals. 
They were. And yeah. it was a Chris Paul hamstring injury and 27 straight missed threes or something like that. You'd have to check the number that caused them to lose that game. Sure. But I, I really think that Chris Paul, I, I love Chris Paul as a player. And if I was a young player developing in the league, I definitely want him to be my mentor. Oh yeah. But, good. Good for Shea. Good for Shea. Lucky guy. But Canadian talent too. Love it. Love Shea. Yeah. yeah but yeah. I, I don't think Chris Paul is a great locker room guy. I feel like he's a lot like, I feel like people say With he's not a good guys. locker room guy for the same reason that people said Jordan wasn't a locker room guy. Cause he like pushes people and gets on. The yeah. Ass, yeah. yeah. Like, and then, and it's proven that that, that, that wins games. So like, yeah, I don't know. People, maybe people don't like him it's, because he rubs them the wrong way, but at the end of the day. I think it's some of the guys that are better than him, though, that he's played with. Yeah, maybe. But I don't know. James Harden clashes with fucking everyone. Who is so, – yeah, uh, James James Harden's a bit of a divisive locker room guy. He's literally like just playing – he's literally just playing on the best team in the NBA right yeah. now. And he's so, playing with he's guys playing. who really match his personality. Like, I think Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are a little bit uh, – I wouldn't call it introverted, but they're just different, unique personality-wise. Introverted think... would not be how I put Kevin Durant after. All right, all right, experience. all right. Yeah, okay. Well, we'll we like... talk about Kevin Durant, but I think uh, I think James Harden's finally in a place where he has kind of the freedom to exp- not to say express himself, but connect with people who understand him on a more personal level. And Kyrie and Kevin Durant facing the kind of scrutiny that they have in the league. Um, I just think he I... didn't want to play on a losing team anymore. Oh well, that he too. was fed yeah. up with it. Well, they've gone through every option, right? Like they sacrificed pretty much all their death to get Chris Paul, and it turned out really. It did turn out fairly well. It I'd wasn't say. horrible, like it was, but it wasn't great. And then Russ went no. there, and everyone thought they were going to be huge, and they were freaking not. It's kind of make kind of kind of makes my point, but Westbrook, Harden, and Durant will never work together as all three. I don't think Westbrook works with. I think a it's lot too good. It's well. Because Westbrook needs the ball a lot. Oh, like Westbrook likes Westbrook likes the like Westbrook used to be like in his yeah. day in his prime he was a ball mm-hmm. hawk and he held the ball yeah. a lot and scored a lot of points and got a lot of. I I just don't think I, I think I think you think is. about his MVP. Sorry, I think you think about his MVP season too. And you know, obviously, there's been a layer of uh, suspicion—not suspicion, but a lot of people say that there's some stat padding there. Like he's chase, like he's chasing his centers for rebounds. He's that sort of thing. Like he's forcing passes. Like, I, I don't think this passes. guy goes into games with the intention of stealing rebounds to get a triple double. No, he's just the ment- his mentality is I want the ball. I'm going to go get the ball. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm not so sure that's like, like call, think- it what, call it what you want, but like stat padding is just wanting to play basketball and wanting to go get points and rebounds and stuff. Like, well, there's stat padding to the point where you're like, actually like, yeah. did you guys see the video of the high school basketball player? Like, Trying to bank it off his own rim and get the, get the rebound so he could have a triple. <laughs> so he could have a triple. <laughs> Stop padding. Russell Westbrook is not doing that. Do you see Curry try to get up and walk to the scoring table because he wanted to break Clay's single game three point record and he was like three threes away in the fourth quarter and they were blowing out the Thunder. I mean, that's not really stat padding. I think that's stat padding if you're chasing that's, a record and your team. If you're if you're going for a record in another game, team. Okay, but if you're up by so much, does it matter that he's stop padding? That's literally what you do when you're up by that much. If you're up by fifteen, you use if you're up by a... seven seven goals in a hockey game, are you gonna stop There's... trying to score? Or are you gonna go for your stats? Depends on where you played. Port Hope, you had to make like five passes before you could. Okay, you could okay. Score. <laughs> this is a basketball podcast. But um, my point, my point is, is that you, 
you consider garbage time and the value that these games have to rebuilding teams, and you consider that like Al Horford is sitting out, John Wall yeah. might get shut down. There's word about that. You consider even you consider even load management for these teams, and you you realize that garbage time has value to teams who are hoping to develop players and even contending teams like the Warriors who are relying on young guys to be okay, contributors. But if, if you're three threes away from setting an NBA record, I'm sure Steve Kerr went, Curry, do you want to do this? No. Watch the video. Watch the video. No, he he legit he want he goes right up and ready to go and Steve's like, yeah. no, you're done. Grabbed you're him done. and put him down. Yeah. yeah he did. I, well, I, because I, think I, about it, with, with the Warriors without Steph, are like like they're not much now, but like without no. Steph, they're nothing. Like they're it's nothing, like, nothing. Yeah, I think. No, yeah, for sure. The other thing too is if you guys watched earlier in the season, the Warriors. I was pretty excited about the Warriors to begin the year with Kelly Oubre and Andrew Wiggins. Like it was probably Kelly the Oubre. deepest team they've had in a while. Everybody thought that they were going to be good. But Draymond Green, as much as his stats don't say it, Draymond Green is a one of the key cogs in that offense. You just Absolutely. watch the offense with and without yeah, him, right? He's probably, he's, he's he's probably, besides Curry, he's the most important player on that team. Oh, without a doubt, I'd say. Because sure. Curry is a one-man offense, obviously, and is obviously has that gravitational pull that makes the Warriors' offense so good. But Draymond Green just knows the sets to get even even to get Curry open, right? Just well, to get him roll I, under the rim. Draymond's or... more important. Like, when Clay's healthy, Draymond's more important than Clay, in my opinion. Yeah, I would say so. I would say, yeah, like Clay is the best to the team, oh. not to offense for say, but for the team. Overall. Yeah, Clay doesn't play much defense, so yeah. Clay, Clay used to be like one of the best, or used to be, or maybe still is. I don't know, but is was always renowned for his. Was never hated on for his defense. Not no, hated, but he was fantastic at it. He wasn't. Like, he wasn't. He wasn't, he wasn't bad. Bad. Yeah, of course, he wasn't like. A, I think he's like, made some defensive, all NBA defensive teams. I'm. I'm. I'm actually gonna look. Like actually it, look please. this up right now. It. Yeah, look okay. it up. I, I could be wrong. You could prove yeah. me wrong right now, but I I, I really don't think he's known for his defense. For no, saying. he's known because he All can right. shoot a three ball. But like maybe maybe he's been on some. So defense. Clay Thompson's actually a two time All NBA third team honoree, which is huge. Like All NBA, like that's fifteen guys. Like yeah, uh, he's also been named to the NBA All Defensive Second Team. Damn. Yeah. How, how many times? I just won. Yeah, just it one. looks like it's just one, but he was named in 2018, 2019. So if I look at, I'm going to look at year by year NBA all the defensive teams. And I apologize to the the listeners out there. Like as a stats guy, maybe I should brush up on this a little bit more. But I didn't know we were going to get into this, and this is really interesting. So, uh, anyways, he is here in 2018, 19 on the second team. Uh, but yeah, no. Um, but for a guy who has who hasn't played in in two years that's yeah. we really don't know how he's going to come back or if he's going to come back at all to be he's honest gonna oh he's coming back he'll come, but, he'll come back but will he be the same player is the question he's been out for I two years like two years, you never lose no your jump shot yeah, no but, well, i don't know you i don't know his his return like i'm fortunately i'm super happy for the league that kd has returned as seamlessly as he has and to be quite yeah. frank with you like maybe i haven't watched enough like Katie, but obviously as you age, your athleticism goes, but just his ability to score the ball has not changed. And that's great for the league, right? Well, he's probably the, he's probably the best scorer to ever play. Like he's like a yeah. seven foot guy that plays like he's a friggin' point guard. Like he's, a, yeah, he's an, he's an insane player. He's the, he's, got in, all, he's the best all around three level scorer there has ever been. Oh, he's the best. He's probably the best offensive threat the league's ever seen, but like he's, he can do everything. Is, he can do it all. 
so we we always i think earlier when we were just kind of talking before the show we mentioned about the uh the three-point craze in the nba and how stephen curry really took that to a new level but positionless basketball do you think kd is kind of the epitome <laughs> of a positionless basketball yeah yeah because honestly if you put kd even in the 90s he probably played center or he probably like, didn't he didn't handle the ball near as much even if he did play power forward like yeah he's seven feet tall like he literally like if you put him in like any other era of basketball pretty much he probably plays center but they also you have to take in that they probably like as positionless basketball came in they started training different of the course guys like, started learning yeah. how to score and handle yeah the ball. of course but that's the whole point he's trying to make is like it's yeah, but it, so much. Durant played with as much skill as he did in the '80s. Positionless basketball would have came around a lot faster. No, yeah, you're right about that. But do you think in the '80s, Kevin Durant would have been given the opportunity to say handle the ball? No, like he's always no, been tall. No, 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 absolutely. And that, not. and that was what I was trying to say is that like he mm-hmm. wouldn't have been, he wouldn't have ever even known that those players exist because they didn't at the time. Yeah, but I'm saying some, somebody has to be the trailblazer and do it. Yeah, I, I'm not saying obviously that that's the case for Kevin Durant because that's not how it worked because he wasn't in the eighties, but I'm saying if he was in the eighties or the nineties, he would have been that guy. Katie's Katie's probably the, like the best example of positionless basketball. So other than maybe Giannis, because like, I think, I think LeBron LeBron is another LeBron. Yeah. Giannis is more of like a stature, big man. He can't, he's not a shooter. He plays in the paint. I think he's going to get there. I think yeah. he will too, but as of right now, he, he's just not a shooter. And he, I think he plays he's like not, a big man. He's shooting he's, and knocking down the open three more and more. Yeah. Like he's becoming less hesitant. He's yeah, pretty I'd say. Though I don't think he really he doesn't play like a center. Yeah. I think yeah, no, like you see where he gets the ball, right? Like yeah, he yeah. gets the ball in the elbow, but he's he's the offensive driver for that team, right? Like it's yeah. drive and kick, it's five out, it's Giannis and, at the and top. Drew has helped that, but he's still the best player on that team. He's still like the guy who oh, drives. It's not oh, even close. He's one of the best players yeah. in the league. Yeah, of course. Like he's one two is like back to where back. I, where would you put him in the league right now? I think this is kind of a question that we may want to like talk about more in depth, but just give me give me a number and let's not top you know, five. De- I've top three definitely for me. Like players in the league right now? Yeah. Yeah, he's top. Uh, two two time reigning MVP. Yeah. MVP is an overrated award though. It's a Paul. Did he win defensive player of the year? Who no go yeah. back one defensive player? He stole player of the year, defensive right? player of the year last year. Oh, okay. Okay. Um Yeah, there's always clamor for Lakers awards um, and Voter fatigue yeah, is the reason he's, LeBron he's, won. He's probably, he's probably top five. Yeah. Okay. Top five for sure, maybe okay. top three. Yeah. I think I think going back to that sort of positionless basketball thing, I think this would be another good idea just to talk about more in depth later, but is I'm more in terms of impact in the game of basketball is the idea is is has what's been more significant in the league. And just want to hear your just want to hear your thought on it is positionless basketball and the idea that big guys can do all these things or the three-point craze it might it might they might go hand in hand but i just want to which which one which one has changed basketball more yeah it depends what you're talking about well i'm i think my point is i would argue position like the idea that positionless basketball has kind of changed the game more because you're seeing guys like Katie, LeBron, and Giannis doing these things and shooting threes and all that. But do you really get the three-point you know, craze without but, positionless basketball? 
Like, but, but at the same time, would those guys have even learned to shoot threes had it not been for the three point craze? But like, yeah. But, but if, the, if, if if the three if the three point if the three point shot hadn't become such a huge part of the NBA, those guys mm-hmm. would never have adapted to it. I, you know, I think an argument can be made both ways about which one happened and which one kind of came along because of the other one. I think you can say that the three pointer became more relevant. And guys started more and more people started shooting it and then positionless basketball happened. Or you can say more like the league got smaller or guys got more skilled and, you know, then the three pointer became all the more dangerous in an offense in order for a defense to have to stretch out and defend it. Right. So I think uh, it really depends on how you look at it, but it'd be an interesting conversation for sure. Yeah. No, it's a tough one. I, I think they just go hand in hand. Yeah. I think that yeah. they just kind of came with each other. Cause like, it, because like LeBron, LeBron literally started his career. He didn't shoot three. Like he he shot them, but he didn't shoot them nearly as much as he wow. did now. I mean, even and like, you remember, uh, you remember two thousand. I guess it's two thousand twelve, thirteen. LeBron, inbound LeBron, his three pointer off. Bosh the rebound back. Yeah, of course. And he missed it. And Ray Allen shot it. And Ray Allen's yeah. like one of the best three point shooters of all time. Yeah. So like, he'd make that now. Yeah. LeBron would make that now. Yeah, of course he would because he's more of a three-point shooter now because the league oh, is yeah. more turned to three-point shooting, and that's why. I think it's a little hard to say he'd make it. I don't think he shoots over fifty percent. No, so, but like he's high thirties for sure. Yeah, I think another thing to talk about too, and obviously Westbrook still got a good portion of his career left. Is he thirty-two or thirty-three? But the other thing is, is that LeBron has aged in the game of basketball so well adopting to the three-point era and positionless basketball he's got he's got such longevity it's crazy it makes me wonder a a guaranteed top five all time that that's what you do right i i wouldn't i wouldn't say he was ever guaranteed top five all time but he was certainly had a pedigree now oh no absolutely i just mean i thought you were inferring top three into the league no yeah Yeah. i'm just i'm just saying for everyone Everyone ever will agree that he's top five. Yeah. I think you have to put him top two. I just think that debate is. is too strong. No, I yeah. think so too, but I don't I, – I, I know there's people out there that would disagree. Yeah. Fair. So, so when I, I say think, top five, I'm saying from everyone that ever watched basketball, if they say he's not top five, sorry, you're an idiot. Yeah. I think going back to my Westbrook point, though, I was going to say how LeBron has aged so gracefully. And I think another, another question would be, are guys like Westbrook and, and Giannis who have obviously like Westbrook at this point at 32, will he develop a reliable three point shot? It's really questionable to say, considering the amount of vertical he gets on this jumper. And I, I don't know. I don't know how he's going to age in this game. I would, well, he plays a completely different style and his style of game is a slashing point guard is kind of mm-hmm. that. And, he, and he, he's, that's what he is. And I, I, yeah. That's not really a position that you can age with because it's a, it's such an explosive position. And the that's, way he that's plays my it's so point is if he really wants to main, I don't, I don't know how much like a late career decline really hurts his status, but because obviously of the things he's done in history, obviously a title would help. But um, get, like you said, considering his, his game is so reliant on athleticism and stuff like that. I, I don't see like, I could very well see uh, even next year, even or the year after, a dramatic spike. Really upwards? No, no, down. Sorry, a dramatic. Oh yeah, fall no, off. yeah, dramatic. Sure. He's, fall he, off. But the, he's the, on the he's on the downward spiral. I, I don't really think that's even up for debate, just because 
he plays a different position. Like yeah. the way the way Westbrook plays, any player that plays like that is bound to have a decline just for the fact yeah. that they as you get older this- you have and especially like he focused he focused so much on that part of his game for his entire prime like he never put in the time to become a great facilitator or a great shooter or like which he didn't to, have to. To, to lock to, he didn't have to at the time but he didn't yeah. think about the future he didn't think about locking in a skill that he could he could have as an older player when he couldn't do all these fucking dunks and stuff when he's old like he is now and he didn't do that so like he's just like he's kind of losing his way he's losing his place in the league almost he, i think he he did watch Steph Curry hit a playoff record 11 threes against them in like game six or yeah, no, man. it was like Clay Thompson. Like you'd think, right, Oh, yeah. maybe it registered like, Hey, Steph ain't exactly the most athletic specimen, but here he no. is killing us. He, he, he's a little bit of a different breed though. He didn't. Steph, Steph isn't really, like, yeah, but, it's not like he's, he's not the most unathletic guy either. I'm not, and I'm not saying Westbrook needs to become like the greatest off the dribble, like a great off the dribble shooter, but he needs when he like, I don't. I don't really watch enough of the Wizards because I mean it's the friggin' Washington Wizards. He knocks down three, but like, it's would not, you be comfortable? High, but... w- yeah, would you be comfortable if your team was on defense? I think I'd be pretty comfortable saying, "Okay, Westbrook, here's your corner three. You know, make it, make it no. or not." That's. I would be comfortable with that. No, for the for the like a game winner. No, I'd be comfortable with that. Westbrook is like one of the most, like not maybe one of the most, he's, but a great clutch shooter. He, he's clutch, but I, if just any possession, like any time the game doesn't matter, if Westbrook's gonna pull up for three, uh, if there's like, may, unless maybe it's like a center like Thomas Bryant, I'm pretty comfortable with that. I'd say you know what, like we did a pretty a pretty good job. If, if you're giving him a wide open three. Yeah, but like, think about how many players in the league could hit a wide open three. Like, awesome. any of us could hit a wide open three. Like, I like to with think with I with, could, with, but... with nobody with nobody like defending. Like, anyone can hit a wide open three, right? Like, that's why the NBA players get paid so much as they can hit them over people like that are also as good as them. And yeah. the wide open sh- the guys that shoot yeah. are wide. Because like, if you grab ten people off the street and go, here's a wide open three. I bet at least four of them hit it. Ah. Uh... I wouldn't. You say also have to think 40%. too, like in in a game environment, like there's going to be someone closing you out. Like yeah. it's not exactly like as wide open as it may be. You're not going to like get the chance to say massage the ball in your hands and like you know, no, yeah, playing your trajectory. I think uh, so. Maybe I don't know how you guys feel about maybe uh, moving into a different topic, but something I really actually wanted to talk about today. I think we kind of got to it, but didn't get to it enough. Was uh. Sort of the look at the standings, say contender, pretender, sort of thing. If you go for it, give us your take. I, yeah, I'm not going to really touch this one so, too, too much, but I think I think here's what I'm going to do. I've got the standings, and we're going to go. What do we say? Because I guess you go to ten now, really, um, and just name them off: contender, pretender. All right, like finals contender. Yeah, let's say okay. conference conference finals are bust. Like we're like, talking, like, yeah, okay. They're in like, they're legitimate in the legitimate playoff contenders. Like legitimate. Yes, yes. So obviously, I think Philly, Brooklyn, Milwaukee. Are we calling them all contenders? Yeah, they're for definitely real? contenders. Yeah, I all think right. Milwaukee's low key a pretender. I think. Yeah, really? I think their well, playoff resume their playoff yeah. resume doesn't show it because they don't have. Well, I mean, last year. I mean, yeah, no, I, they got they got 
No, no, they got to the semifinals. They got knocked out in five. But they also by they Miami. also play in a very they've in the last few years they played in a very weak Eastern Conference, and I would still argue yeah. that outside yeah. of the top three, it's still a very weak Eastern Conference. So like, I don't know. I'd say the Celtics are figuring sorry, it out. Sorry, I, I don't. I don't. I don't see what? Sorry, making it past the second round. I think I I was going to move on. I like I was going to keep going. Obviously, I believe the Hawks are a pretender. Like they're. Yeah, they're, they're be they're lucky like two to get games to, out of seventh. They'll be lucky to get to the second round if yeah. they even well, make it. Their first round series right now would be with the Boston Celtics. I'm taking the Celtics eight days no, out of seven. I'll definitely take the Celtics, but they're not very. They're, I don't see them as past the second round team either. To be honest, I no, neither do so, I. The Celtics, the Celtics are my fourth team in the East. The Celtics, I would call the Celtics a contender. I really? do think a, a contender okay. like win the, the entire league. I. I wouldn't. I don't think they're gonna win. I don't think they're gonna win. But they're in that conversation. They're going to get to the final four. I don't doubt that. Like in the East, I don't the know final about four. that. And do but I? Think, but is but how much is that really saying? Like again, the East is not like. Are you saying the final four of the East, or like okay, you're but, saying they're gonna okay, make the conference finals? I'd say they could make the conference finals. Yes. I don't think they're gonna be the out. first. No. The first round is really a write-off in the East, right? It's a write-off. Let's be honest. Yeah, Do, but shit can happen in the East Conference. It's been shown. Sure, but are the Bucks gonna handle the Knicks? Yeah, five six games. Sure, the Celtics are gonna beat the Hawks. All right, the Heat. Like you know, okay, so we'll you, see what you comes think around. They have a chance time. of making it to the conference final. That means they have to beat either Brooklyn or Philly. And I don't think they beat either of those guys. Hey, I don't you, think were the one, you were the I one. You were the one who said those teams. Beat no, I, I, I don't like Boston. I like Jason Tatum and a couple of their players. But do I think that they're they're a legitimate contender past the second I round? Think, maybe no. I don't. Hear me, hear me out. Jalen Brown is making a most improved player. Like he's making a he's making a a campaign a for, for yeah, fantastic. Yeah, he's making a case for himself. That's fantastic. cool. Good for him, but Dope. the Milwaukee like, Bucks have the last, the reigning two-time MVP. The Brooklyn Nets yeah. have three of the best players in the NBA, and the Philadelphia 76ers have this year's MVP probably, and a really, really good supporting cast. I don't, I don't know. See I the think, Celtics I beating think any of those teams. Maybe, maybe this is a, a topic for another day. But I think Nikola Jokic is the front runner to win MVP right now. I just don't think. Embiid has the kind of body of work in terms of games played. Okay, fine, but Embiid's right behind him. Though. Yeah, so absolutely. Like, he's an MVP, MVP, he's he's an MVP, MVP candidate. Do you think, all right, quickly, because I think this is another one, but do you think the 76ers could have Joel Embiid as the MVP and Ben Simmons as the DPOY? Yeah. yeah. Not yeah. like this season? This or season. Like in maybe. this season, do you think Ben could win Defensive Player of the Year and Embiid, or even Embiid could take both? Ben, ben like gets a lot. It, but... Ben gets a lot of hate for how good of a player he is. Yeah, I, I think he Embiid does. has a better chance of taking both. Really, I don't I think don't know. I, I. I kind of agree with Beck. Jokic, Jokic is if he keeps playing yeah. the way he is, he's he's a good look for the MVP. You have he's, to consider yeah, Jamal, sure. Jamal Murray is out too. Like that's just more. Yeah, load that's going to be more ball. That's going to be more possessions for him. And I mean, obviously, he doesn't rely on athleticism, so he's gonna age well. He's gonna age well. He's just so big, though. It's hard to say. Yeah. We, we've seen big way. men go both ways. So we'll if see. he stays, if he stays in a relatively like slender shape, obviously this year he he said he was in the best shape he's ever been, and a lot of guys say that. But I truly believe that in terms of his endurance this year. Well, that, he looks like he's in good shape, but like at the same yeah. time, if you're that tall and you're that like he's big, he's a, he's got a big build. If, mm-hmm. and, you're that, guy, yeah. and you're that heavy, it it's, literally looks like the Slender Man. It's yeah. literally like a t- it's it's a time bomb for your knees. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay. He's only lost so long. All right, moving but, on. So, sorry, go ahead, Luke. No, go for it. I was just going to say, I was just going to kind of run back to the Celtics. So, am I the only one here that really thinks the Celtics could be a contender this year? Yeah. They don't make it I, past the first, maybe second round. But, like, Kemba Walker, he's been figuring it out. And Robert Williams is really that kind of athletic center, that, that rim protection they need, right? Like, it's... Doesn't matter against Philly. I don't or know. They've Nets, got, I guess, or Milwaukee, I guess. for that matter. Okay, yeah. I have a question. I, okay, I have a question for you then. Let's say right. they meet. Let's say they meet Milwaukee in the second round somehow or whatever round they're going to meet them in. Sure, sure. Who who defends Giannis effectively? Tristan Thompson. And Effect, that's over. Uh, effect, effectively, uh, like defensive. I don't think. I think. So like, do you, who who do you think who do you think wins that matchup? I think there's only I three players. I think there's only three players in the league that can. Does J- can Jalen Brown defend. can can Jalen Brown do it? Like I don't know. No. No, I don't think anyone on that Celtics roster defends Giannis. Okay. And honestly, I believe that like freaking the Bucks, and I believe that Drew could lock up Kemba. I honestly, Drew's amazing. Oh, I believe that yeah. Drew could, Drew could easily lock up question. Kemba. I think. And I then think yeah, and then yeah, DPOY, you have sure. and then all, not and then, DPOY, yeah, you, all defensive team. You have Giannis sure. on Tatum, and that's Tatum shut down completely. And then Jalen yeah. Brown, like Miss, okay, I guess Middleton, and Middleton's a solid defensive player. Exactly like, holds so, his own. I don't yeah. and I don't believe that that Jalen Brown Chris Middleton matchup is enough to push the Celtics past them. I think, and then and then point. you go to and then you go to Brooklyn and it's the same and it's the same thing, but like on steroids. And I then think, Phil, and then Philly the same thing. Yeah. I think I think Philly would probably be their ideal matchup in the second round. Like Brooklyn's just too talented in the backcourt <laughs> for them. Giannis, no, listen, is, hear me out. I think Giannis would kill them. Absolutely, I think Giannis would. But the Celtics have more beat. bodies. I think I think Embiid, like as skilled as he is, is probably easier to stop than Giannis. At least for the Celtics. Not He's with his three point shot now. I'd say Robert Williams Pure, purely for athleticism and speed, sure. But mm-hmm. I think that defensively Embiid's better. No question. No, like I think Embiid's gonna get his own against the Celtics. I just think the Celtics are better equipped to handle Embiid than they are like than they are Giannis. I also because, think that Simmons locks up Kemba Walker like there's oh, no tomorrow. I think and they throw Tobi- him on Tatum. And, and, I think they throw him on Tatum. Yeah, and then and then Tobias Harris on, on Kemba Brown. Walker or Jalen Brown. That's a pretty Tobias yeah. Harris is really good when he's healthy. So like yeah, I and think the Sixers I, have a deep supporting cast. That's what it comes down yes. to. Like the yes. stars can battle as much as you want, so, but when it comes down to the bench, like that's what won it for the Lakers last year. They had a yeah. deep bench who were really good, and Absolutely. like I think that ties in a lot more than people think. And the Celtics do Absolutely. not have that deep of a bench. Like, do you really think? Don't. Do you think the Simmons and Bead partnership? Do you think it can work now? Like seeing what they've done with the I shooters and Doc work. Rivers, they they complement each I other very well. They're yeah, a very good. They, hard, I think so. They're a tough team, which is exactly what Philly likes, and they're really hard on defense. And, and, and they, they did need three-point shooters around them. For sure. Yeah. It definitely works. Oh, 100. Oh, it, it does. I think they, they need the right yeah. cast around them, but like it, mm-hmm. it, it's definitely a pair that works. I, 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 I like believe that. that they I believe they could have gone to the finals had they beat the Raptors when that Kawhi year. I think, I think they, they could have won it. I, I think they would have gone to the finals. I think they could have won it, too. They would have won think, it because – I think they would have won it, yeah. They, I, they would have won it for sure because I of think, the injuries. Definitely I they would have won uh, it. I think, honestly, like I love – I'm a big Furkan Korkmaz fan. I, I'm not saying he's by by all and above an underrated player. I think he's exactly what the Sixers need, and they've realized that. I think uh, I think Seth Curry is probably one of the acquisitions of the season for their system. Yeah, and Danny Green's really good for them. Danny, too. Yeah, Danny Green. 
Uh, obviously, his defense isn't where it used to be, but clearly he's shooting the ball right now. So we'll see what playoff time brings for him. But I think those guys are exactly what they need. And you saw it in L.A. Like even uh, I think it was one year they, they signed like three centers to play beside LeBron and Lonzo was run, running the point and they had like Lance Stevenson. And they said, oh, we're going to we're going to try something different with Braun. We're going to try and create like have guys who can create their own shot and so like five skill guys. And clearly that just didn't work because those guys oh, yeah, no. like, you know, LeBron could still pull all the attention they needed. And when it got kicked out, they just couldn't make the shot. Right. And you yeah. saw it at the trade deadline, like they acquired like Mike Muscala and stuff like that. So I really think, I think like pace and space is the way to go. And especially with the Sixers, they both Embiid and Simmons provide a lot defensively. So their value is even higher that way, which is why I think it's been such a great success this year. Yeah, no, 100%. And I, I think overall as a team, I, I think the Sixers are the best built team. Yeah, I think in terms of top-end talent, you can't you can't say the Nets aren't, you know. No, I'm not saying top-end talent. I'm just saying yeah. the, the way their team is designed. Yeah. With, with their sh- they have their shooters. They have their point guard. They have, like, Ben Simmons yeah. doesn't have to shoot. No. If, like, the point guards aren't nice. traditionally shooters. Nice. Yeah, and now nowadays, obviously, you see it a little bit more that point guards are shot creators and making their own shots and pulling up. But mm-hmm. are, like, if you look back, that you don't have to be. You could be a decent facilitator and be good on defense, and then, then you're a good point guard. You, yeah, you, and absolutely. he's so fucking big. I, I don't even think he's really a point guard. I think he should be playing small forward. You should be playing power forward. He's six foot ten. Like they'd have the best front court in the league. But yeah. I mean, it's. It, they use his skills for what it is, and he is, you know, technically, like, he probably defends power forwards anyways. So, you know. Well, he definitely point plays guard. defense as a yeah. forward. Call, call he, him a, yeah, call him a point guard, but really, he's just a point forward. Other than the fact that he can't shoot, I think he's the most versatile player in the league. I think with time, I don't know, I can't give you a timeline of how long it might be, but I think eventually they're a reasonable three-point shot comes around where he gets an open three and says, you know, I'm going to take it. And maybe yeah. he makes it. I well, think, he's, uh, he's done it quite a few times now, actually. You'd be a little bit surprised that he's only shooting like 30%. As good as like the Sixers are, I really should watch them. But obviously, like, you know, being from Canada and the Raptors sort of affinity. Uh, basketball has kind of been uh, a down year, certainly for Toronto. And, uh, you know, with me- like many Canadian fans, the incentive to watch when they're not good is obviously not there as much. So it's... Uh, and obviously being in Canada, it's a little tougher to get like to watch the 76ers, right? So it's uh un- hasn't been a say a great year for Raptors fans, but I should really check in on the 76ers more. No, you do- you definitely should. I've watched quite a few games of theirs and and beat is just so dominant. Oh, absolutely. Like it's like there there's nothing that guy can't do. He's he's such a big player. And yeah. the fact that he can shoot the ball and like I, I think that's kind of what developed him into having kind of an MVP kind of caliber season is the addition of three point shot. Like you, you remember when Jimmy was on Jimmy Butler was on his team, he was he 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 kept telling him to shoot. Yep, I remember that. He was pretty hesitant. Not yeah, to, like, he was very that. hesitant, and he yeah. he wasn't great. Like he was good, obviously, but like he he wasn't having MVP caliber seasons before that. No. He was always on the precipice of like something great. And I think another thing to think about too is 
Embiid's always been a guy of questionable health and questionable fitness, being that he's just so friggin' massive, right? Well, yeah, he's so a I, different breed. Yeah, I think kind of like obviously the extended off season for them. I think they had an early exit from the playoffs last year. Obviously, with the way their team was built last year, just what didn't work. And I think just the extended off season, the chance for him to kind of get in shape and just get his body healthy has really, really helped him. Even just late in games when you're tired, right? And your legs not might not be there as much for him to, you know, have the legs for a shot. It's just huge. Yeah. No, yeah, for sure. And the biggest thing with Embiid is he needs load management. Yeah. So. I think he'll always need that, just given a size. Well, yeah, but. absolutely. It's kind of normal, and it's good if they're willing to give it to him because that's what extends careers. Yeah. Obviously, I think play about the same amount of games at the end when all said and done, but he might get an extra season or two. Yeah. I mean, they're paying the guy like, I don't know what his contract is, but they're obviously paying him tens of millions of dollars a season. You want to get your money's worth of that. So if it means him sitting like 20% of games or second half of all back-to-backs, you got to do it. Well, it, you might as well. It's better yeah. than him being out for three, three months a season. And frankly, you know, it, it does give Ben Simmons a chance to, develop like obviously i think ben simmons is still a work in progress and well, to see him he, be able to lead a team on his own like that when it beats out is is big and he also has the potential to be a jason like a jason kidd kind of guy that develops a shot later in his career yeah i feel like you heard that somewhere i feel like i'd heard that too you definitely heard that in 2k um yeah yeah okay that would be it um but yeah that's uh i think that's an honest statement he, he definitely has the potential. Yeah, and I think this kind of 76ers team as a whole certainly has potential if they can get some continuity in that group. And we'll see if Doc Rivers, obviously, like his last title being 2008, I guess, Celtics, if he yep. can really get over the hump with a new club. There's I, been I, some... I definitely think that if they don't at least contend this year, I think in the next couple of yeah. years they're going to be. I think there's just been a lot of uh, – a lot of criticism on him for not like his ability to coach. Obviously you see a system is good and you know, he's able to get a, like the most out of his players, but I think it's been like the clash of personalities, frankly, and as a man manager and just a guy who can manage personalities just isn't as great. You see that yeah. with Ty Lue in there, yeah. you know, handling the stars and trying, you know, they mentioned preferential treatment and stuff. A lot of the players did in LA. So it's uh yeah, I think uh, now with a better cast of characters around him, you know, those guys are really committed to winning. And I think yeah. Doc Rivers able to get the most out of them. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just to bring up Joel Embiid's contract, it's yeah. um, 147,710,000. Or sorry, 147,710,000. You could have just three, gone with 147 million. Well, it's actually closer to 148. Um, All right, well... And uh, that's a five-year contract, so he's making on average about thirty million. That's actually not bad, considering obviously they've good price. changed. They've changed the rookie extensions and stuff like that, and made yeah. him bigger recently. But even like Joel Embiid is obviously a super max player. It's without a doubt. But now he's kind of handicapped because he won't get that chance until he's twenty-eight. At which point, I'm sure he'll get it if he can stay healthy. But how many years uh, does he have on his contract? He's yeah, over in twenty-three. 23. 23. Oh, so that's only that's only another yeah. two seasons. Yep. So you know this could be like 26, 27, maybe. He did come out like he spent obviously the one year of college, but all right, moving on. So uh obviously with the lower seeds in the east, we can't really I don't think anyone 
Well, Joel Embiid is big. 27 right now, just so you guys know. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, that's older than I thought. But I don't think we can really label anyone in the bottom half of the East a real, at least in the playoff picture, a real contender. So maybe a dark horse team out of the Knicks, Heat, Hornets, Pacers, and Raptors. I think if the Raptors can get in the playoffs, they they could probably sneak into the second round. I think that's their ceiling. If, yeah, if no, that I even happens. I, I don't really think in this league there can be a dark horse team just because there's so much high end talent at the top. No, well, there is. Because realistically, yeah, I, don't, I don't I don't see any of the teams that you could consider a dark horse beating any of the top teams. You're realistically no. to get to the finals, you're gonna have to play if you're in the West. Your entire path is gonna be against good teams. Literally. And in the East, you have to make it through either or well, Philadelphia and the Nets. Yeah, and I think there's not just, even there's not just even too counting Milwaukee. Like, yeah, I, just, I don't there's think there's a team too in the much league, talent. Right? There's too much talent. All the squads for any of them to win in a series, in and my opinion. You guys kind of said otherwise, but it's a seven game series. Like that is a that's a long series, especially to carry out an upset. Like I think. We've obviously seen upsets in the past, like we saw the Dallas Mavericks knock off the Heat in 2011, but and the We well, Believe you, Warriors. It, but really, how it works is if you're going to upset someone, you have to stay in contention, get into like a game six, game six, game seven, and that's when you make an upset happen. You're never going to like you don't see teams upset with a sweep. Literally, it very well. Rarely. I mean, you saw even last year. Like I, I would say that the. Uh, the Bucks were favored over the Heat in the semifinals. The Heat knocked them out in five. Like, you know, I, they, I they were relying I, on Duncan Robinson. I don't think. Year. I don't. I don't think that the Heat were an underdog team by any means, though. Like, maybe underrated. Think, yeah, or maybe a little yeah. bit, but they um, still had Bam and Jimmy yes. Butler. Like they were good. They were good. Teams. You can never count them out, and I, yeah. I think that I think that came yeah. down to who had the better supporting yeah. cast. And honestly, yeah. that Eastern Conference was a really, really, really weak Eastern Conference. Yeah, like it's getting better. Thank goodness. But it is. It's getting better because it's. Of course, it's getting better. But like. You take the Nets away from this Eastern Conference, it's really weak outside of Philadelphia and the Bucks. Yeah. I yeah. think you'd say the Sixers, Nets, and Bucks all got better. You have to say the Hawks got better because of what they signed. I think the Celtics have fallen off, obviously. The Heat, the Raptors. Like, you just I think called all the Celtics all, like under five minutes ago. The Raptors, sure, the people. But the, sure, but the Celtics are like. I, I'm sorry, Beck, but the, but the fact the Celtics that. Celtics have been a perennial contender and just haven't gotten there. So I'd still say with Tatum and Brown, like you can't count them out. I, if they get past the first round, I'm going to count them out. They're getting past the first round. Um, But I'm sorry to say this Beck, but the people that still think the Raptors are like a, a playoff team. I don't, is, I, is, I don't, it's far fetched. Now I'm not saying you do. I'm saying there's a lot of people, no. like even friends of mine that are Raptors fans. They're all like, Oh, they're still yeah. good. There's, they're still like a playoff contender. Like, no. I, I don't hate their team. I don't hate them either, but they're not no, as they're, they're, they're they not have a pretty good. good roster. I mean, can they can they turn it around? Of, like, what would they it, need? It Do they need years? They need they need defense, and they need Pascal Siakam to play better, and they need someone other than Aaron Baines to play they center. Center, yeah. Frankly, frankly, they need no. They need new alpha. It's clear Pascal just just can't. Like, he, I don't think he can be that. I just they don't need, think they need a guy. They point. need a guy who can score, and they need a big man. And those are two really hard things to get in today's yeah. NBA. See, I think Gary Trent Jr. is going to develop into that, though. Yeah, I was going to say Bradley. But how long? But how long is that? Pick, but how long is that going to take, though? Uh, he's getting there. I don't know. <laughs> it's like he's eighteen. Is eighteen points per game or something? And you think about how, how much longer? Good. How much longer does does Kyle Lowry have? Yeah, not, but not Kyle Lowry's game, like he we gets mentioned, signed and traded this offseason. What about Fred too? Like honestly, Fred's had a Fred's had a good 
few seasons, but like, is that going to last? I don't know. It's it's tough to. There's not a lot of history for guys who are like six foot and under, really. Exactly. Like Isaiah Thomas was more the, more or less players, like one season wonder. Yeah, but the player the players that have been six feet and under, if the, if they stay in the league, they're great. Yeah, but we're talking like we're talking a franchise building block here in what the Raptors clearly perceive in Fred VanVleet, and is he going to be that? Maybe. Like he has, he's very skilled. He shoots well, but for a guy who isn't really all that athletic, obviously defends very well. You know, I think we can though. Yeah. Like his 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 size, yeah. like um, he's not locking up Giannis. By exactly, no means. his his size limits him to who he can defend. Absolutely, but yeah, but you know, it, he does I don't think he's necessarily like a superstar for a team, but I think he's gonna be like a good starter. He, no, of course, but he just like for a team like the Raptors, like they don't have a lot yeah. that they can put around him. No. That's yeah, what I yeah. mean. Like I they, mean, they he, did just he, win a championship. He, you know who he would be? Yeah. He going back to even the 76ers, you put Fred Van Fleet on the 76ers, like oh, that's, be, that would be bad for that. Would be that in Brooklyn would be a really a fun mm-hmm. series to watch. I just think for the 21 million they're paying Fred a season, like is it really? Is he really? Because obviously they wouldn't pay him 21 million if they didn't think he was a building block. But he's 27, 28. I think years he's old, a building like, block. Well, but he's old. He's not getting any younger. Like you yeah. really think in five years he's like going to be producing that? No, exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. it's not. Yeah, like I don't know. Fred's Fred's a. Uh, he's an interesting so, case to me because he's good now, but I don't think he's going to be as good in a couple years. So I think, I think the it really only. Depends. I think the only legitimate dark horse you can really come up with, and I don't think there's going to be any real team out of the bottom of the East that's going to make noise, but you can't really count out the Heat. Like, there's just, you know, Oladipo hasn't really shown up for them, like hasn't played, is off, is injured right now. But in terms of talent, in terms of continuity, like, you know, they've got youth. They've got guys that are improving, like Hero and Robinson, you know. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's just a matter of that. And, you know, the Heat culture is – born and bred to win right so maybe it's come playoff time yeah yeah um i i I can't really think of anyone in the east no um maybe no yeah there's not really so all right going to the west uh one jazz contender pretender contender for sure you can't count out the number one seed that's not see yeah i think finals contender yeah. See, I don't think so. Like I like honestly the East or the West is so plagued with injuries right now. I don't think that yeah. you can call the Jazz or the Suns a legit. Yeah. They'll make the playoffs for sure. They'll probably they might come out of the first round. Maybe they they'll probably will depending on matchups, but like yeah. I you put them up against a fully healthy Lakers team, a fully healthy Clippers team, a fully healthy Nuggets team. I don't see them winning. Yeah. I wouldn't put my money on it. You won't see like, a fully healthy Nuggets team this no, year. No, they're all out this season. Yeah, so. yeah, true. So may, maybe yeah. the Nuggets, but still, like, I don't know. See, I'm exci- I'm is, kind of, I, like, I love Jamal, but I'm kind of excited for him to be out because I'm really excited to see what Michael Porter Jr. can do. It's kind of going to be the Jazz, as of right now, it would be the Jazz versus, like, either the Grizzlies or the Warriors. The and, yeah, round. they'll win that for sure. Yeah. But, like, the second you put them against the legitimate contender, I don't – I don't. I wouldn't put my money on them. I really wouldn't. Like. No. I love the Jazz. I loved, and especially without Donovan Mitchell, like how how, how long is he going to be out? I haven't really looked at the injury uh, report on that. It's it's hard to say. Um, I'd have to read up on that, but I know that the X rays came back negative. I'll talk a little bit more, go into that later. But uh, 
I think the word was the label was several games. So we'll see what several games means because we'll we don't know what the grade is, right? And that's the huge thing about. Well, I don't know. Right? I don't. I don't see the Jazz or the Suns going no. past the second round. No, because yeah, like you look at it right now, and everything plays out the way it's supposed to. You get Clippers Suns round two. I'm then, sorry, but no, not happening. Like has Can Devin Booker. Happen? Devin Unle- Booker's never been in the playoffs. Like no. the, the Suns, the Suns can't play the Clippers in the second round. Yeah, yeah, they can. Why not? Absolutely, they can. Because right now, sure? as right now, as it would stand, let's just forget the play-in tournament for a second. I, I got it. It's Suns. as of right now. It'd be the Jazz and the. It goes top twelve or top ten. Top ten. That's what I thought. It go the Jazz and the Jazz eight. against the Spurs, the Suns against the Warriors, the Clippers it's, and the Mavs, the Nuggets and top the, eight. It's top, top eight. eight. So, so just the, right the now, Jazz, the Grizz. It'd be the Jazz and the Grizzlies, and then the yeah. Suns and the Mavericks, Clippers and the Blazers, Nuggets and the Lakers. Yeah. So yeah, the Jazz could easily get the the Clippers or the Lakers in the second round. Yeah, the Suns are like, I mean, unless we see. Uh, Obviously, I'm taking the Clippers past the Blazers. The Blazers are. We'll get more to that. But I have a. I have a. A bit of optimism. I have some optimism for the Blazers. But if you look at it, assuming everything goes to the way the standings look, I'm taking the Lakers over the Nuggets. Obviously, sorry Jamal Murray, but um, especially without Jamal, the guy yeah, taking the Lakers no matter what. But especially without Jamal, yeah. Unless, well, unless I mean, his girlfriend whips up some magic again last year. But that was with Jamal. Yeah, but unless yeah. his girlfriend whips up some magic again, then. Uh, we yeah, the, won't the, the Lakers ball. let every team have at least one before they fucking tear them to shreds. Yeah, and then AD just hits the game winner inbounding yeah. three pointer and just yeah, yeah. Okay, relax. Oh, okay, okay. That's what he said. Have you watched? Go oh. back and watch it. All right, all right. Um, but yeah, so taking the taking the Lakers over the Nuggets. Yeah, it's it's Suns Clippers two three. And sorry, but playoff experience does mean something. And that's why I would take the Clippers, absolutely. And Lakers over Jazz. Like, you have one of the best players of all time going up against a Jazz team that obviously has been there, but they're good. Like they have they have threats, but like yeah, I just don't think so. The Lakers think- the, and the Lakers are showing right now by even by lose even by losing games by not a lot to really good teams, their bench is competitive as fuck. Yeah. Like they and- have a competitive bench. And when benches shrink too, like the Lakers will have a better idea of what guys they want to play in the playoffs. Like Schroeder's going to get a better run kind of leading the team right now. Like Harrell, like they're going to have valuable guys. And, who played valuable and, Harrell, and Harrell always plays well in the playoffs. Yeah, that's very true. It's, he's an energy guy. Like it's, for sure. You know, he just brings it, right? He's, just, so, he's like, he's he's like a Baca was for the Raptors. Like if you name, if I name, if I name you roughly, if I can, eight guys on the Jazz that I think are going to play, it's Conley, Mitchell, Bogdanovich, Royce O'Neal, Gobert, Clarkson, Ingles. I love and, Jordan Clarkson. I yeah. Fucking, I wish the Lakers could held I, on to him. I, love I, haven't, Clarkson. I haven't kept up on uh, six man of the year, but is he still in there for six I man? Think, I, yeah, he's definitely still in there. Yeah, I haven't I haven't heard that one about that one as much. Okay, so that's that's seven on the Jazz, and then you, you oh Derek Favors. So that's that's eight in the Jazz, and then you look at the Lakers. Like you say, LeBron and AD, and it's like okay, well, sorry Rudy. A fully sorry, Rudy healthy Gobert, Lakers like, team is going to be hard to beat by anyone who isn't the Brooklyn. Yeah, Nets. and even the Brooklyn Nets will have a tough time. But I think Philadelphia got a chance on them. Even the Lakers got better this year and won the title last year. And honestly, like to be totally yeah, honest, fairly handily. Like, were they challenged ever? Like, yeah, I think the Nuggets the gave them more of a yeah, challenge. The Nuggets gave them a good challenge. 
I think, but I think that's it, right? And now you consider where the Nuggets are and where the Lakers are. Like, you know, I think the Lakers are in a, a great spot. A fully healthy Lakers team is. I'm biased, of course, but the yes. best team in the NBA. Yeah. I was like, the only team you could make an argument for is Brooklyn. So, continuing on, I'm gonna. I, I don't know what to call the Nuggets right now. I I would say I don't. I think three and four for me, the Clippers and Nuggets. I'm not sold. I don't think the Clippers can win this year. I don't think the Clippers can win the title. Do I think they can get conference finals? Yes. But yeah, I don't think it's, it's definitely title. very they possible. Definitely at it, finals, especially I, with the Nuggets not having like Jamal's a really big piece for the Nuggets. They're gonna have a tough yeah. time without him. But like uh, sorry. I don't. I, but Dan I think Kudo, the, Compazzo, But I think it, I my bets would be on an all LA an all LA conference finals this year. Yeah. I think uh, the one team for me, if we're if we're gonna talk dark horses, I have two. Uh, actually, yeah, I have two. Um, and oh shoot, I'm looking at the standings, and the Kings have lost nine in a row. Oh, oh the Kings are the Kings are in twelfth. They're not. That's <laughs> too bad. Harrison Barnes won't be shaving his beard for a the while. The Thunder have two. Oh wait, no. The Thunder have two less wins than they do. Like they're not. They're not, they have twenty two yeah. wins. They're not. Doing yeah. Anything. The Kings should probably start sitting vets and you know. The Rockets Tyrese have play. fourteen wins. That's terrible. Yeah, that's yeah, from really absolute. Bad. Well, from sort of hero to absolute zero. Actually, time. I got something I'd like to talk about. Actually. Oh, well, all right, all right. So, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah, I arguably think in the next five, six, seven years they're gonna they're gonna have a championship. I think so too. With all the draft picks they, they have, an insane eight. amount of draft yeah. picks, and this draft class coming up, and even the next couple that are coming, they are really good. So here's my one question though: like, obviously, draft picks are less of a sure thing, but it's their player development system. Obviously, they came up with some great players in Katie and Westbrook, so you know there's like the potential there. Uh, but like draft picks are less of a less of a sure thing. Like are they? Like I think they're gonna. Sure thing. They're, they're, they're not a sure thing. But let's say forty percent of them work out. And you like, have to consider where the picks are coming from. Like they have the Rockets pick, I think either this year or next year, which is obviously going to be a great pick. Uh, it'll be next year if the Rockets is it uh, end up top above? three. Uh, I think it's top three. I All think right. or top four or something like that. But where the Rockets are right now, like they're uh, they're pretty well slotted for a chance at that. Um, but also, uh, yeah, you mentioned Shea, but outside of Shea, like they have, uh, they had Hamadou Dial Lugans Dort. I think it's going to be a valuable contributor. There's Paisley. Yeah. So I think this is the team that you're looking at. That's going to be kind of the future of the NBA. No, give the OKC Thunder like five years and I, they're going to have a, they're going to be really hard to beat. I think so there was even even if they have all those draft picks they can go in the future and trade those draft picks for good players like yeah there's gonna be so many teams in the next couple years looking to trade their star players for picks for their future Mm -hmm. and they and they have a high chance that they could build a contender hey you you never know maybe uh maybe they ended up uh end up drafting uh lebron james jr and uh lebron comes to them at what at age 40 it doesn't matter no, nope. yeah, at this point, at this point, it really doesn't no. matter. But but no. no, the second that Bronny James Jr. gets drafted to anyone other than the Lakers, freaking genie genie's gonna be on the phone real quick. Well, I think honestly, yeah, I think a lot of teams know that you draft Bronny, <laughs> you get Bron. So it's like first overall mock draft. Every mock draft is gonna have like Bronny James Jr. I don't know, or they either get Bron or they get a lot. They get some good stuff out of the Lakers for him. Yeah, I don't think the Lakers move Braun. Braun's too attached to the Lakers. He's gonna be a, he's history. gonna be a free agent the same year Brownie gets drafted, I believe. 
Yes, that is true. But Bronny, is true. Bronny might not even go to college. Bronny might go to the G League, or not, might not even go to it at all. Or they're looking at uh, they're looking at eliminating the one and done rule, which mm-hmm. I think would be great for it. Yeah, obviously, yeah. I think that's uh, I want to say twenty twenty two. They're lo- like because it's a CBA, right? Like it's the yeah. collective bargaining agreement. So it's whenever that gets changed, and I think that's well, twenty twenty. Honestly, you remember that these players are probably getting like a lot of young players are getting injured, and it's probably because they're not as developed. Yeah, but honest, honestly, I think that like Luka Doncic is a great example of like if you don't go to the college, if you go play like professionally, yeah. like whether that's the G League or somewhere else, it or gives Australia. you the, even anywhere like Europe, anywhere yeah. it gives you the experience that you need. Like playing they, against like, men rather than playing against guys players. that are big and have been playing basketball like their whole lives. Like this is their career; yeah. it's their livelihood. Like playing against mm-hmm. dudes like that rather against playing against dudes in college like you don't know whether they're good like you don't know whether they're going to be a household yeah. name or some scrub right like i think the I think other I, thing is too if you look at like i don't know this is just me when i watch college basketball it's so different from pro basketball there's like, defense so a, defense is not a thing in college basketball it's not i would argue offense like offensive offenses and defenses are just drastically different like the whole game style is just i just not the same sport i think that college sports as a whole like even if you look at football and stuff they're very offensive based they really want offense they want things that are going to put people in the seat so they keep making their money right because like that's that's also what people are looking at nowadays exactly like it's not any fault of their own it's just the way it goes but like if you look at college sports like basketball and football especially it's just they're so offensively driven they want players that are going to make that big three and like you know what mm -hmm. i mean like in every sport every sport nowadays all that anyone cares about is offense that's why there's so many great defensive players out there that are underpaid oh for sure 100 percent yeah, it's uh the NCAA is like a, a multi, one of the biggest sports industries in the world. Pay the players, but um, yeah. yeah, no, we're not. We can get into. The, we're not getting into that. Yeah, we, we should that. get into that. That would we be. No, I would be, be very down to get into that. To get so, into what story? The pay the NCAA the players. players. Yeah, definitely not a question. I think these guys think are the, making the school so much fucking money. See the thing. The thing with it is, I don't think that the school should have to pay them because they're already giving are giving them a whole lot. But they should be able to make money off themselves. They should, they should be able to go yeah. and get sponsorships. Oh, for sure, they should be able to go make money off themselves. There's Why no not? Reason I can't, that they can have a shoe deal. Yeah, there's no so, reason that they can't. That is coming along. Like California has yeah. signed that bill, obviously. But I think it's come. I think it's pretty close to happening. But I think we'll As talk about should, more. Of man. That like, later. you see so yeah. many. You see so many college athletes that are broke as fuck literally just living off what the school provides them and it's like it's sad yeah. when they could when they they're making all of these coaches and executives and schools like millions and millions and millions of dollars and they're living in some like shitty dorm when they could be getting money from sponsors yeah. now like you never yeah. know when you're going to tear your acl and never be able to play again yeah you're going to be making money for anyone you should be making money for the team you play for because that's your job and, and yourself but if that's Absolutely. your job you should be getting paid it, totally, but not by the school. I don't think the school should have to no, pay them. They the school, them so much. The, yeah, the school gives them enough already. The school gives them a, like a high price education, room, board, like anything. Like, let's, the, let's that's, be honest. That's, that's, that's a lot for the school to give, especially to that many players. Yeah. Let's be honest. Most of them probably get paid under the table, anyways. Like we all know probably. that. Yeah, we've yeah. seen enough. We've seen enough. Like but like Friday night. DeAndre Ayton, that. James Wiseman, like yeah, anyone that's ever. That. Actually, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get too political on this. I don't want us to get. Yeah, we're not here to rock the boat on politics so much. But it's you know, if yeah. there's ever a time where that sort of uh, that sort of thing's a hot topic, you know, we do have our opinions, and maybe we'll yeah. uh, maybe we'll touch it. 
But going back to the uh, going back to standings here, I wanted to talk about the Trailblazers. I think they're the Trailblazers are a contender. I think they are. I don't think they're necessarily a contender to win it all. They they could be a dark horse and maybe go to they could knock off a team or two yeah. for sure. But I don't think that they're they could be like Miami last year. A seven games a seven game series is really hard to win against a really good team. Yeah. Like a lot, there's a reason why there's a lot of upsets in like football and stuff is because they're one game. Like it's yeah. one game that you can easily fuck up and lose. But seven games is really, really hard to fuck up for seven games. But it's aren't the Blazers game. like look at their roster? Like they are a good team. I'm not saying they're not a good team, but yeah. they're not they're not the Lakers. They're not even even let's say they make the NBA finals by some minor miracle. They're not the Brooklyn. Yes. They have no. nothing to defend the Brooklyn. Do you think do you think bringing up the fact that seven game series are so hard to win? Do you think the NBA and NHL alike would, even MLB, would benefit from making the series shorter? No, no, yes, no, 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 no money, money, no, no, but hear me out. If they were going to change anything, the first round would be five games and the rest yes. of them would be seven. Yeah, the yes, first yes. round would be five. They that's what they do in baseball, right? Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So the wild card series now is uh three games. Right. And, and then, then the divisional is five. And then, and then the, the pennant is seven. Yeah. Exactly. And then and then the World Series is seven. Yeah. That, yeah. That, I think that, honestly that would be a really good way to do because it. Because I honestly feel that a lot of people don't watch the first couple of games. They don't really care. But Unless it's their a, team. Yeah. The, I mean, I do because I'm a big NBA fan. But like, yeah, there's a lot of people yeah. that don't tune in unless it's like the team that they watch or like a game seven or something when it's the first exactly. rounds of the playoffs. But like if they were more competitive. Yeah. But financially it puts fans in the seats, yeah. which puts money in the pocket and TV, yeah. right? Then TV. And I'm just wondering if the TV and... rights, if the TV market would go up for them because more people would tune in because they're more, because they're, they're higher stakes games, which would yeah. definitely create more viewers. It's the same thing sure. as the player play in tournament, right? Mm. The games one that thing, matter more, watch more. It would be interesting one, to see for sure. That's why football thing, gets high ratings, right? Like, yeah. The one thing I'm gonna add though is like, when you think about upsets, what's more entertaining? Like watching like the eight seed upset the one seed. Like absolutely. Like when there's all kinds of hype in the March Madness tournament when like a 15 seed or even like Loyola this year goes on a Cinderella run, right? So like, given the opportunity to pull off an upset as an eight seed against a one seed. We all saw like what it did to the Warriors franchise in like 2008, the We Believe Warriors, like the people that got behind that, like that was, you know, that garnered some serious attention. So I think that, uh, I think shortening it and giving those teams the opportunity to really make some noise would be pretty interesting. But That's financially, I'm, saying, like, I don't I'm not think saying it's make it, I, I'm not saying, well, I mean, the NFL doesn't, but I'm, I'm saying that maybe not necessarily like a one game or a three game series, but even like a five game series. Yeah. I think the NFL though, like you use the NFL as your point. The NFL is way too big. Like the NFL does not need. Series. I'm not the comparing. I'm not comparing the two and it's not even possible. Yeah. And the NFL is the NFL, NFL is a, such a physical sport that there's like time restrictions on how long, like football is a whole other beast. Like it's, it's insane how many rules and stuff there are. Bas- basketball football. is growing as well too. It is, but I'm just in, in the sense of they're needing more rules because of injuries and like physical or like they can only have them for a certain amount of hours a day. You can only play a certain amount of hours. Of no, no, yeah, it's like rugby. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm not it's, saying that at all. I, I'm saying that like for basketball, it's more like it, it's becoming something bigger. So the ratings are going to be good enough that they could potentially introduce something like that. Yeah. I'm not saying they're ever going to. 
Yeah, I don't know. They, they could lose money on it. They might. They might make money on it. You never know. It, it's hard. It's hard to say how many viewers are going to go on these games when they caught when they're more at risk games. I yeah. 100% would would want to watch those games more because I yeah, find the first too. couple first couple games of a series are more feeling each other out, and I I don't really love that about playoff series. I I kind of like the action of it and you don't really it, see that a whole lot in the first couple games it, it takes away the it takes away the hope of an upset because honestly yeah. like like you even look at like what the lakers did last season like they literally lost like the first game of the series like every series except for the finals and then torched them the rest yeah. just because they wanted to get a feel of how they play the ball like, well yeah but like if that's, if, that's like, a three, if that's a three game series losing that one game is a lot more important it, than it's like march game madness the you one like it, it's easy to get caught off guard if you're a good no. team no, you're and, right, and that that's what, what creates an upset. It's not necessarily that this team is better, and that they're upsetting them because they're better. They're upsetting them because they're playing harder, and they caught this team off guard. Yeah. One thing I will mention for the uh, for the fans and listeners out there, as you continue to listen to our to our show, hopefully, is that uh, I am personally going to make it my mission to ever see if Mr. Brent Clemmer ever acknowledges that he is wrong on a subject. Like if anyone can tell him, I said I was wrong already this episode. I don't want to. Hear All right. Well, we got it. We're going to keep it. We're going to keep it going. Let's hope we can, uh, we can educate and inform everyone here. And, uh, We'll keep an eye on that because we all have our opinions and we love to debate this stuff. So we'll, uh, we'll keep an eye on that. In saying this to the listeners out there on a scale of one to 10 or not, not on a scale. Sorry. My mission is going to be how many times I can make Beck flustered in an episode. Oh, I'm not going to tell you what episode of this. If you guys haven't realized yet, they're going to do a lot of competing and I'm going to do a lot of uh, actually talking about basketball. So, yeah, I have a lot of things that always – a lot of thoughts that I always love to contribute and go through my head. So I would not be surprised if you flustered You have a lot of thoughts. You just have trouble times. getting them out sometimes. See, I was actually trying to acknowledge that there, but then, you know, you decide to serve me. Anyways, going back One. to the standings, I am a big I, – I think the Trailblazers, they have the final ceiling. Anyone have any belief in the Warriors? No. Any, yeah. Any, no? Yeah? Somewhat. I, don't, I never want to count Curry out. No, I don't think you can. Yeah, uh, I, th- I think you can. I think I think like just that that playoff resume has to mean something, right? Like, Dan yeah, but, Draymond, when, like, but how many players are there from that playoff run? There's two, Stephen Dre. Yeah. and I guess you, yeah. if you can't count Clay this season because he's not because he's not playing, no. but like, there's yeah. a completely different team. They don't have any of that culture other it's than those two Looney. guys. Come yeah, on, fair enough. But still, they they barely <laughs> ha- they barely have any of that culture left. Sure, like, sure. I think I just don't think you can count out someone like Draymond, who you know is always on his teammates and pushing that culture and that mentality. I, like I could see them winning the play-in tournament, definitely. Yeah, but I don't see yeah. them. I don't again. No. Like it, it just comes back to the like all the talent we have in the West. I don't think that they beat any of those teams. Do you think they could beat the Jazz or Suns? Like honestly, probably the, not. But like maybe, like it, it could happen. They win the seven. Like I just, I'm sorry. I'm this. This is a new position for the Suns. My whole life of basketball, the Suns have been garbage. So you know, for me to actually see the Suns in a good position, it's just, it's just odd. So I remember, you know, when, I the Sun, I remember when the Suns' best player was Stephon Marbury. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say Amari Stoudemire. Well, Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire. They, yeah, they had a couple good seasons. Yeah, they would. Yeah, they were good. Seasons. 
Yeah, I see, really Steve Nash won two MVPs. So yeah, yeah, okay. Kobe, Anyways, like, my basketball team. life, I said I was like, I was like, uh, obviously. Did you I hear that up, vibrating? That's, that's Clemmer's like third girlfriend FaceTime. No, that's actually okay. my phone. It's actually so. not me. That's but, my yeah. phone. That's my phone. All right, gentlemen. Oh, so yeah. it's. Yeah. Oh, All right. Okay. Anyways, anyways, we do have uh, some. We do have lives outside of this, but we love we love doing this, and that's why we're here. Yeah. Some people are just smart enough <laughs> to set their phone on a. Uh, do you know what? Do you, do you know what ESPN just posted? No. Yeah. What is it? It's it's a picture of Rudy and Donovan, and then D Wade in the back in a jazz jersey, like edited in, and it's like <laughs> the next Jackie Boone question mark. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm ninety five percent. Didn't he just take over ownership? He, he bought. He bought a stake in them. Take, yeah. He bought a yeah. stake in them. I was gonna mention that today. So congratulations to that. You really do like yeah, to I see uh, more and more players getting involved in the league after their time. I love that league. Brooklyn. That Brooklyn made Steve Nash their coach. I that love it. And it's been a great hire. Like he's a great personality, he's, and he knows how he's to. He's a manage. great basketball mind. He's he's level headed. Yeah. He knows how to. He knows how to like see the game, and he knows how to work his players because he's played against them. He was a great exactly. player when he, he was a great player when he or totally when he played. I. I he's gonna think, be a great uh, I think the other thing to notice too is like uh I I can't say this, but Steve like Steve Kerr, like he came from the Steve Kerr coaching tree, and I don't know what Steve Kerr's coaching background was, but Steve Kerr is obviously a great guy to learn from, especially in a winning environment. Like you you know, you saw how he managed obviously KD and the Warriors in that time. And you know, it kind of it turns over because KD has a great relationship with Steve Nash, and you know Nash was in that winning environment and knew, obviously has experience in managing those personalities. And he's he, well, obviously he played with Jordan, right? So he's yeah. got that experience. Steve, Steve Kerr has ridden All Star NBA players to championships <laughs> in a playing career and in his coaching career. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if uh, I don't think because we were mentioning it about the Basketball Hall of Fame and how it is kind of fairly easy to get in there like with your accolades like obviously it's not easy like you have to be a dang good basketball i don't want to say it's no. easy no, i want to say I, that I, it's I have, way I have, easier wait, wait, than i have, I have, I have a question I have, I have a question about steve kerr yeah do you honestly do you honestly think that he had more of an impact as a player or as a coach a coach a coach you think no so? definitely oh, but yet he, he won one shot he hit one shot all right two no there was two there was two there was there definitely was two. two there was two there was definitely yeah. two I think, I think he, he won Kirk, more. Cha- he won more championships as a player, did he not? The Warriors only yeah, won two, right? but he has three as a coach already. Like the Warriors won three. Oh yeah, they yeah. won three, right? Yeah, they won the pre KD one, and KD was like, right, oh, right, right. Was and then they won the KD, KD Warriors, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Um, but uh, but no, I think I think Steve Kerr is probably likely. I would say the next guy is going to be that sort of have that long coaching tenure and maybe uh, breed some some new coaches. Like you look at the. Uh, the Greg Popovich school of coaching and you've got like Mike Budenholzer and just a notable coach. You've got a lot of coaches in the league that have learned from that guy. And I think Steve Kerr could be that guy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to get into the greatest of all time player debate today, but who, who do you guys think the greatest coach of all time is? Ooh, Greg Phil Popovich. Jackson. Phil Jackson. Uh, yeah. uh, Greg Popovich did kind of Phil Jackson. Like Phil, Phil Jackson. Brett, Phil no, Jackson. Sh- stop talking. Please close your mouth. Phil Stop Jackson. Stop I think I don't know. I I would. How say, is Phil? Ja- please please enlighten me on how Phil Jackson is not the greatest coach of all time. 
please, please enlighten me. I'm I'm so interested. I don't, this I don't is think why I brought went... it up because I knew Beck wouldn't pick Phil Jackson. <laughs> I don't know. I just I think I think Pop is. No, no, Coach. Two of the best it. players ever to play the game. One like fucking eight championships. Like, and Pop has won. How many is how much Pop won? Like five, three, three championships. Not, Not as eight. many as Phil Jackson. <laughs> no, <laughs> Not I even mean, half as many as Phil Jackson think, with I two think, different teams. I think longevity has to mean something, and he really has crafted what the Spurs are today in terms of their culture. I just think that means a lot. So Phil Jackson created team. two of the best teams of all time. He created a triangle offense, all right? We don't see it. Yeah, but... that created two of the best teams of all time. You know what? It speaks for itself. Tex Winter created that offense, dude. Phil Jackson just implemented it. I know you guys can't just, just but I literally my, my jaw is just, on just ask how many fingers Phil Jackson has rings on. How are you allowed to be on a basketball podcast? Well, I'm here. Like that's wow. Oh my god. Russell Westbrook's overrated. Phil, Phil Jackson, Jackson is the best coach of all time. Hey, that's like saying can... Mike Babcock is the best coach of all in the NHL of all time. That's what that <laughs> that's what that comparison is. All right, so I'm. I will acknowledge it. I'm never. I'm never going to be right on everything. I never won't. I, I never don't expect will be. you and, to, but that's just no. And the, the the matter the the way it is is that there's going to be things that Two. I'm like I'm taught that shut up <laughs> <laughs> that uh, you know I will learn about things. So that's uh, that's interesting. So maybe take some self reflection into that. But uh, but yeah. <laughs> I think, I think uh, <laughs> I love there was a big flustered him. That's two. <laughs> yeah. I think I think Steve Kerr. It's funny for me. I think Steve Kerr's just gonna like ride his players into the Hall of Fame as coach, <laughs> just like he rode Michael Jordan to three championships. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But so, I mean, uh, to be fair, everyone outside of Pippen and Rodman and yeah. and um, Ron Harper. Probably rode Michael Jordan to championships. Hey, they don't ask how they ask how many. Exactly. They don't ask how they ask how many. No no one remembers how they got there. They just remember that they got there. No, the ring the ring doesn't look any different. Exactly. Saying that actually, talking about how all rings are equal and they all look the same. Do you guys believe that there are fake rings in the NBA? As in people like to call out Kevin Durant? Per se, I mean, I didn't really like that KD had to go super team, but in today's NBA, there's so many super teams. I, I don't, mean, it, a championship I, is hard to win, even if you have all those players, even if you have good players, it's still hard to win. So really, like, really, when was the last time a team that wasn't a somewhat super team won? But like, you could say but, 2011, but you could say that for any sport, though, or maybe like, the Raptors. Yeah, the Raptors would probably that was a weird yeah. But it was a Um, yeah, it was a weird. They wouldn't have won it without those injuries, but no, absolutely. I uh I was that's the same that's the same with any sport though. Like there's not a lot of championship upsets. There's not a lot of teams that aren't supposed to win that win. Like the LA Kings and the hockey are probably the most recent that I can think of, but like I mean it it does happen in hockey and baseball, I think, more than it does in basketball i find that basketball like it, there's always like a top like yeah. four or five but i just i still don't think it. that there's anything there's there i don't think that saying that there's fake rings would mean that winning the championship was easy and i don't think that there's been a championship that's been easy to win no and yeah. like sure you can say that kevin durant's unloyal and he's a snake or whatever you want to call him 
But at the end of the day, it's still a championship, and he still won Finals MVP. So when I'm not saying he wins those without Curry in them, but when it's you mention ring fake rings, fingers. yeah, when you mention fake rings, are we are we talking about guys who just didn't deserve to win it, or what's your what's your sort of definition well, I, of a fake ring? See, what I I don't really have a definition of fake ring because I don't think there are fake rings. I don't. Okay. Think you have a ring on your finger. You have a ring on your finger. Because um, like right. if you if you're gonna call rings fake, like Will or sorry, Bill uh, Bill Russell won what eleven in yeah. the easy in like a really easy era of the NBA. I still don't call like those fake. teams or whatever. Yeah, I still don't call those. I fake. will. I will give you one example, and I think you'll call it fake. The one year that the Cavaliers won the title, it must have been what 2016 or something. The Cavs won the title. Anderson Verjao got bought out by the Cavs and signed with the Warriors. Oh my! F- you're so. Oh my fake. What? What? So you know the team, the only team that's ever come back from a three-one deficit. No, that was no, that's no, a fake no, ring. No, listen, listen. Anderson, Anderson Verjao got a ring because he played for the Cavs. Oh, like oh, I still yeah. don't think that's a fake ring. It's an. I, I knew what you were saying. That's an oh, honorary ring. Sorry, I completely yeah. misunderstood. No, I, I completely I misunderstood what you were it's talking. I don't think that's like, a fake ring. I Demarcus Cousins got a ring from the Lakers, did he not? He didn't play a freaking second. That's yeah. a fake ring. It's like Lamarcus Aldridge if the Nets win this year, he'll get fake, one. Easily fake ring. Or well, there's I, I there was I a couple dudes on there was a couple, dudes on, there was a couple dudes on the Raptors that got fake rings too. Yeah, like Jeremy Lin didn't. Valanciunas like, he got a fake ring. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that'd be the most awkward thing though is to like accept the ring after you left the team and they won the title that year. It's like yeah, yeah you maybe played some regular season games, but like, did you really? Continue I, I don't think emo- even the players. I don't think see that as okay. I want a chip. Yeah, no, I'm sure. I'm sure. That's I, I'm, like that's something for their trophy case, but I don't think mm-hmm. these players are going out. Oh, I want a ring. No, like I, yeah. I, I really don't think Jonas Valanciunas thinks you that. got a ring. Like you didn't win it. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't think he'd ever say he won a ring. And I think I think when you say like fake rings like that, that's why I say I think there are fake rings because there are. But that's not what I'm like talking that. about. What I'm talking There's about. player no. fake rings. There's not yes, like. Yes. I think. But I don't think KD like, going to a super team and winning it gives him a fake ring. No, but but the, but no. what he's talking about is a player that gets no. I agree. I agree. But, and still gets a ring because he played a certain amount of games for the team. I, no, yeah. I agree. But I also think that they don't think that's winning a chip. No, but they just technically get a ring from it. They yeah, get, I, they I get a ring, but you can't really hate on them for getting yeah. it. It's not like they asked for yeah, it. I took it. I, I took it more as a literal definition. You can definitely call them fake, but like at the same time, it's not like you can like hate on them for it. Yeah, no, they they didn't do anything. They got traded, or they got bought out, or like what whatever it is. If they get a ring, yeah, if they get a ring, they got they got a ring, even though they weren't on the team. Yeah, and that doesn't necessarily mean it's a fake ring because I I, it's not like they're going out of their way to make this happen. It's just it's just unfortunate series of events that makes it so they're no longer on the team when the team wins. You, uh, we mentioned D Wade about buying a stake in the uh, in the Jazz. A Rod actually is taking over the Wolves in a month. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, Did you see what? It. You see what Ant Edwards said? He's like, "Oh, who's that? I don't know." Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I did see that. Actually. That was but, really funny. I didn't really pay attention to baseball much. I yeah, think Anthony yeah. Edwards is the future of the league. Oh, Zion Williamson is the future. Luka Doncic. I think Zion, he's going to be there Zion, though. Zion Williamson. I like Anthony. I, I like, oh, I like Anthony wrong, Edwards, I too. too. I, I'm not good. saying he's going to be like a top three player. In the, I think he's going to be a top no. three player in the league. I think my fear player. is 
my fear is the Minnesota Timberwolves like development system. Yeah, they hit a home run in Carl Anthony Towns, but they knew what he was going to be. But like, look at Wiggins. Look at you know D'Angelo Russell hasn't really improved, Wiggins. albeit with injuries. Like. See, I like Wiggins, like Canadian pride. He's a good player. Don't get me wrong. Like, yeah. He won rookie of the year. He's a good player, but like, yeah, I think he gets more hate than he should. He, he he does get more hate than he should, but he also did decline a fair bit. No, he did. Yeah, I think in terms of just play style and attributes, that's what scares me the most. Is that when I look at Ant Edwards, I see like what a young, obviously a more polished version of what Andrew Wiggins used to be. But you know, you put him in Minnesota, and it just kind of that kind of scares me. I do think. Anthony Edwards could be a great player in this league. I just hope he gets the right situation. It's the right situation for him, Mini. Yeah, I don't. I don't see it being a bad situation for him. He can, he's a diver, like he's a, no. He can play a bunch of positions. He's he's pretty good shooter. He's a good player. He's he's a, he's a he's a product of the modern NBA. He's yeah. a product of like the of the positionless basketball. Like going back to that, like he's literally he's a big man who can shoot and he's athletic and can dunk and he can defend the paint the paint and the perimeter if he has to. Like he's pretty fast for a big guy, which I like. Like, let and me he tell has you the though, best personality. Yeah, he's a funny kid. Yeah, I I hate the the video and they like they're interviewing him and he's like actually like giving like a heartfelt thought through answer and they just cut him off. And he's like, oh shit, I hate that. I think my perception of yeah, him, my horrible. perception of him was kind of tainted when he said in his draft interview, like, yeah, if the NFL called me, I'd go play football right now. Look, yeah, I would too, man. Yeah. Like, look at him. But, like, you know, it's that love for you the can't game. can't blame him. Obviously, he's, I mean, when you're, like, a top pick in the league, you know, you'd like to think that they have a love for the game of basketball. And I'm sure he does. Yeah, but he definitely, he does, definitely does. But, like, he probably like, – You don't get him. that good. You don't get that good at basketball though, having a lot. You can definitely problem. tell that no. he played no, football and he developed like he developed his vertical and stuff and his speed through football and then took it to mm-hmm. basketball and just, then he found out he was really yeah. good at basketball. And, what do know. you where does Anthony Edwards then top out? Like what do you do you consider him like prime Dwayne Wade? Like is that is that kind of it's where too he, early uh, to say he's still developing, I think. But, but I, I mean he's he's a Zion type player. Do you think do you think he could get to like that? Because Dwayne Wade was his sort of player comparison, at least on the high end in Zach Levine. Like those are his kind of two comparisons. Do you I think you know I think, I think he'll he be better get there. than Zach Levine? I, I'd like to think that, but I don't know. I mean, Zach Levine just flourished the minute he left friggin' Minnesota. So, yeah, it's yeah. way too early to say, though. Absolutely, way too early. Absolutely. Um, I've got the uh, I've got fantasy here. If you want to get into that, or if there's anything else, then uh... okay, yeah. So, to the fans out there, we're gonna wrap up today's episode with a fantasy fantasy forecast. Obviously, some people aren't really into fantasy. If you aren't into that. Don't bother staying tuned. If you are, then we'll get we'll get it right into that right after the uh, intro. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Anyways, we got a uh, big week coming up in the NBA with twenty nine of thirty teams playing at least uh, at least four, three games this week, and then we got several teams playing four as well. Uh, the only team with two is the Toronto Raptors. So if you are playing in a weekly lineup league where you don't have daily uh, daily lineup settings, probably. Safe to say, sit your Raptors. Anyways, some uh, some players to watch for this week include uh, DeAndre Jordan with the Nets. Uh, obviously, he's been a constant double double threat, uh, but is also playing in a lot of those uh, those big tight matchups where it's a bigger body center. So uh, you're going to get your rebounds, and you're going to get your blocks there. And they have four games this week. The Nets do. Uh, another one, another big guy is uh, Robert Williams. Uh, obviously, taking over as the starting center. Uh, 
Uh, he's uh, only 75% rostered, so you may need to act quickly if you want to pick him up. Uh, but that's another one, defense and blocks as well. I'm not going to talk about the Nuggets and the Jamal Murray injury just because there are so many options to fill that void. So that's kind of a play it as you see sort of thing. Uh, another a little a low key flyer is Sadiq Bay in Detroit. Obviously, with Detroit sitting many of their veterans, uh, Sadiq Bay, their first round pick from this year, is really getting a chance. It's only twenty three percent rostered. Uh, I was averaging thirty five points per game in uh, most leagues last year and last week. So uh, there, uh, he'll obviously continue to get an opportunity. Uh, another one to consider would be Juan Toscano-Anderson of the Warriors with James Wiseman going down for the season with a torn meniscus. The Warriors play four games next week. Obviously, they're going to need someone to fill that rebounding void. That would probably be Juan Toscano-Anderson, the way he's playing this year. Another guy and another big potential play is uh, Kelly Olenek, uh, 66% rostered, but climbing fast given his uh, given his fit in Houston. He's averaging 38.4 points per game since moving over to Houston. And they Did have you say 38.4. Yeah. 38.4 points per game. I'm just using, sorry, I'm using ESPN as a, uh, as a reference for fantasy points. Sorry. Oh, any, fantasy. Uh, fantasy. Yes. Okay. So to the viewers out there, he's, he's talking about fantasy points as in yeah. not, yeah. not actual fantasy score. Yeah, if you're sorry. here, you, if you're here, you know what fantasy is and you know that he's yeah. talking about fantasy averages, not actual points. And yeah. it does sorry. change depending on the league and stuff. So obviously this is yeah. just, this is it's a the rough base. E, this is the ESPN. So you, you, in your league, he should be roughly around the same. Obviously, if you're using a different platform, it could be very different. Yeah, if your league is scored differently or scored somewhat similar to ours, you value uh, you value things like three pointers, blocks, and that are valued a little bit more highly than other things, as well as field goal percentage. I'm also going to make the point that in this league, 38.4 is good. Um, yeah. You good may be in a all star player in the league would be about a 50 point player, and yeah. a, and a typical waiver wire pickup would be about 28 points to 30 points. So yeah. use that Actually, as a reference. You may be in... Go ahead. If you guys want a very, very good sleeper that I've had on my roster, if you're if you're plagued with injuries and need someone in who's going to score quick, Joe Ingles has literally not scored under 30 points for me in like two weeks. Like I know he's, he's yeah. a meme or whatever the fuck, but fantasy-wise, <laughs> this guy, he's a lot. Yeah. He only averages 27, so he looks bad, but like... I'm telling you, he has scored it's, at least 35 uh, in like yeah. the last two weeks of games he's played for me. So if you're looking it's, for a sleeper for injuries, definitely pick up Joe Ingles. It's a consistency thing. It's very valuable. So exactly. going back to Kelly Olenek quickly, is shooting 40% from three-point uh, since his time in Houston, which kind of lines up with his uh, career highs, but uh, shooting at a very good clip and a very high clip. So if uh, your league does value field goal percentage and three-point makes, that is a good option. Uh, Colby, Kobe White will likely be stepping in for Zach Levine as Zach Levine enters COVID protocol, rostered only 61%, according to ESPN, uh, and will likely fill a large scoring void, at least aside from Nikola Vucevic. Miles Bridges, 75% rostered. Obviously, the Charlotte Hornets, you, as you may know, are very, very banged up, averaging 38 fantasy points in the last seven days since P.J. Washington went down with a sprained ankle and Devontae Grant. I dropped him. I'm mad about that. Yeah, we'll act quick on that because obviously, as you, some of you may know, uh, fantasy playoffs, a large amount of fantasy playoffs are beginning next week, uh, at least for the ESPN platform that is. Uh, another option, Luke mentioned consistency, uh, would be TJ McConnell. He's found to be a steady presence on both ends of the floor and is averaging roughly around... He's not nearly rostered enough. No, yeah. he actually... I didn't actually... Uh, notice uh, a roster a roster percentage for that, so I apologize for that. But he is very likely uh, available in your league. 
Uh, just depends, give it a it, it, not not necessarily if because that we're t- we play in an eight man league. If you're playing in a ten man league or a twelve man league or yeah. anything more than that, chances are he is not yep. gone. So our yep. for reference sake, we are playing in an eight person league. It's uh it's someone to watch out for. Another one that will likely, however, be available is Lugens Dort with only about twenty eight percent rostered. Uh, Shea is still continuing to battle plantar fasciitis in his leg, and the OKC Thunder estimate that he will still be out another two plus weeks. Yeah, it's probably yeah, it's tough for me too. I have Shea, so I'm a little yeah, hard I have him in a lot too. I got, yeah. I got one for you here, um, Bruce Brown. Until I was back, he's gonna get some. So, I was actually going to mention that, sorry. Um, but, yes, the Nets do play four points per game, four games this week, sorry, and Bruce Brown's minutes are up uh, five minutes a game since due, then. Due to Harden. Harden went up. Yeah. 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 But and, Harden uh, will be the, back soon, so maybe relax on that one. Yeah. What's the timeline the one, on Harden? Uh, Harden's a few practices away is what Steve Nash said. Yeah. Uh, the other thing to consider about Bruce Brown, too, is while he is good defensively, he is shooting sub-30% from three this year. So yeah. if your league does value efficiency, that is something to watch out for. However, playing beside Kyrie and Kevin Durant, there are a lot of open shots and easy buckets. So exactly. uh, moving on, uh, we've got Yusef Nurkic uh, of the Portland Trailblazers. Portland is another team with four games this week, and he is coming off a minutes restriction. As you may know, he fractured his wrist earlier in the year. Uh, is a very solid uh, two-way center, so it was a nightly double-double threat and is actually – as a perk, is one of the better playmaking centers you'll probably find available in your league. You, you uh, could you could see him get a couple triple doubles by the end of the year. Yeah, I would watch out for that one, though. And you may want to act quickly if he is available in your league, though, because as he continues to get more minutes, he will use their yeah, – and his canter in production, as they are kind of sharing the floor at this point in terms of minutes. Uh, another one would be Derek White. Uh, he's averaging 36 points per game in the la- uh, last week, and the San Antonio Spurs have four games. Uh, again, I apologize, but uh, that's another one I just didn't grab the roster information on. Okay, so just for uh, dropper sitters, those of you who may have a uh, weekly lineup league where you don't actually have uh, daily options, uh, some guys to consider sitting or uh, dropping entirely would be John Wall. Uh, as you know, the Houston Rockets are a tire fire, yep. and John Wall with his lengthy injury history would probably be better served plant- preparing for next season and uh, maintaining his health and giving the Rockets ch- Rockets a chance to develop younger players. And, Another if guy in- and if there is a friend of yours who's big and blonde and tries to offer you Victor Oladipo, do not Don't take it. it. Do uh, not take it. By yeah, the way, that's- for, for viewers' sake, Brendan is big and blonde. Brendan is the big and blonde friend that I'm referring so, to. So listen, before we get personal in our fantasy, Luke, your team absolutely sucks. And Clemmer, I play you next week. So I'm very interested to see how that goes. However, my team is banged up by injuries, so we will see how that goes. My team is banged up by injuries. I have five guys injured right now, and two of them are Anthony Davis and LeBron. You can't really at me. I have this lead in the bag. Because Mm. you finessed young kids out of trades. Yeah. Not really. Uh, no. That's yeah. Not really yeah. Okay. Well, those, we're, those who we're didn't not, have any relative knowledge. Okay. We're back. Gonna, we're gonna, moving on. I, I, we're we're on a fantasy note right now. I just want to bring up the ethics part. If Beck's gonna say anything, he tricked. Uh, we made him reverse it, but he tricked a yeah, guy that I didn't want to be in the uh, league uh, anymore so, into giving him all of his good players for absolutely so, nothing. And I don't want to hear an ethics part because he is just so, as competitive as I am, and I do not want to hear anything from. The back side I, of the table. My team's been plagued with injury, so I can't really say much. What I am going to remind you is that we are in a fantasy segment, so we're not here to talk about our league. We can kind of do that in our own time. Uh, 
So another one to consider would be Kevin Love, a very similar situation as John Wall. Uh, just a young rebuilding Cavaliers team, Kevin Love, who has a history of injury management. We all know they've been trying to move him for a long time. Uh, so hopefully maintaining his health into the offseason would be beneficial for the Cavaliers if they are to receive any compensation for him. Uh, another one questionably to look at sitting if you are in a weekly league would be James Harden. Uh, as quoted by uh, the Brooklyn Nets, uh, James Harden is a few practices away, but with the Nets playing four games this week, it's unclear as to what how many practices he'll be able to get in and get in with the team, obviously. Uh, two more to talk about injury-wise would be to sit Levine, Zach Levine, uh, Anthony Davis, who is still probably about a week away from returning as he's just been cleared to return to four-court practice, and Shea Gilgis-Alexander. If uh, mo Moving on then to the injury report, just a few uh, brief descriptions of injuries throughout the league. Uh, Evan Fournier, as of Saturday, entered the COVID-19 protocols. Yeah. Just, just for reference, that would be uh, if the podcast gets posted on time, which should be probably next Saturday. Is it in Clem? It's yeah, April today 17th today, so yeah. the stats are from April 17th. Are you yeah, saying if thank it's you. posted? It's going to be well, posted I'm, on Monday. Okay. All right, so yeah, as of April 17th, uh, or April 16th, I guess Evan Fournier entered the COVID-19 protocol. Uh, Jamal Murray, obviously, as you may already know, is out for the season with a torn ACL. Uh, another one to look out for is James Wiseman is also out for the season with a torn meniscus, and he recently had surgery. AD, it has been cleared for full court contact and full basketball activities. Uh, however, he may need a couple practices just to get a run in with his team and get ready for and game action. He, he's going to need yeah. to work his endurance back up. Yeah, be Harden, yeah, Harden is also in a similar boat as AD, is uh, ready to go. However, is also a few practices away in terms of conditioning and game action. Another one to look out for, maybe uh, fantasy-wise, depending on the length of your season, is Jaron Jackson Jr. is predicted to be returning at the end of April. We know Memphis has been kicking the tires on his return, so uh, it'd be nice to see him back soon. We uh, obviously Larry all know about uh, Jamal Murray. He's out for the season with the torn yeah. ACL. You already He's mentioned that. Did he already yeah. mention that? Okay, Very good, wasn't. Button. Uh, Kyle Lowry should be close to return from a foot infection. Uh, Nick Nurse originally predicted 10 days, and that was released about a week ago. So hopefully that he comes back soon, as we all have a bit of a Raptors affinity, and they are making a bit of a playoff push. Uh, Donovan Mitchell play is... Play-in uh, tournament push. Yeah, play-in tournament push. Uh, Donovan Mitchell is out with a sprained ankle. Uh, X-rays came back negative as of last night, and uh, Adrian Wojnarowski... Uh, recently reported that it should be a matter of several games as the MRI has not been reported as of right now. Fair yeah. Enough. So uh, that's all I got for the reports today, boys. So uh, thank yeah. fucking God. <laughs> thank God. Yeah. That just felt like I just feel like I was watching TSN. So that's uh, <laughs> yeah. If you didn't know, for those of you who might have an affinity for stats or news, that's uh that's kind of my thing. Uh, unfortunately, uh, these two here, um, unfortunately, tend to be a little less on that side of things. Some, some like people got to know stats. Some people got to have personality. Am I right? Yeah, exactly. Yep. So that's just the way exactly. it goes. So if you made it through that, uh, good on you. And, uh, you know, certainly uh, certainly have a bit of an affinity for those things. Yeah. And that's why we love you, Vic. That's, right. that's, yeah. um, that's what you're good for. <laughs> yeah well not not we for greatest of all time debates coaches overrated players oh, for any other general debates just really good for stats see, see that's the the thing is, is there though, a way is that, that i can mute him until the <laughs> forecast 
<laughs> I will bring my opinions, and Four. I may be wrong. However, <laughs> I uh, yeah, I will always bring my opinions, and I'm willing to learn. But uh, despite what these uh, two nincompoops may say, I uh, I actually uh, <laughs> do have a uh, do have a scope on the league. So it's uh, yeah, it'll always be a good time here. And yeah. <laughs> and we much appreciate that, Beck. Um, and yeah, that. For, sorry, let me just gather my thoughts here, real quick. <laughs> and I think, there we go, I think Buster. There we go. We, we got him. We got him, boys. Okay, I'm good. Thank you so much for listening to our episode of the Three Pointer Podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that good stuff. You can f- find us anywhere like Three that. Point pod. Three point pod, three point pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, much appreciated. And just so everyone knows, we are a podcast by the Old City Sports Network. And much appreciate you listening. And hope that you come back again. Thank you. Signing Cheers. off. Cheers. Cheers.